we're starting to see now. Planet Fantasy has had an effect here, but not the one we intended. Vengeance won't change the past. Mine, Damon's, anyone else's. We have to become more. People need the Effies to know someone's out there for them. Spotify's angry and scarred. Like Damon and me and Nick. Our scars. <laughs> Our scars can destroy us. <laughs> Even after Anchor's payment doesn't come through. But if we can survive them, <laughs> they can give us the power to podcast and the strength to also podcast. <laughs> This is the Batman Effies. Shut up. another episode of the planet fantasy podcast and we're your hosts damon and kyle how's it going vengeance <laughs> how are you man <laughs> that's terrible I, I am much less vengeance today i'm just wiped from from a day of work but i'm very excited for this one man um yeah just i'm just drained but that's fair have, have you been watching anything as of late or have you just been too busy with with everything in the move uh yeah it's mostly just been moving and unpacking stuff but i have not to spoil what today's episode is but since seeing the batman i have uh started replaying the arkham games um because i never i'm not a big completionist when it comes to video games but i feel like those it's more fun to actually go for the the hundred because you like all the riddler stuff is really fun um so i just finished uh, asylum earlier today and started arkham city and it's just like these games are just so fucking good. They they really age so well. <laughs> They're so fun. Um, we also have a guest today, friend of the pod, Nick. We finally get to pod together. I missed the last time, so I'm excited. How's it going? I am very excited to pod with the both of you, especially you, Damon. This is uh, hopefully going to be a great time. Yes, I agree. And also joining us today, since Anna, our normal producer has not seen the batman we have our great friend of the pod ryan producing today how's it going man what's up y'all i'll just be uh, lucius fox seeing it up in the background so <laughs> does it come in black <laughs> <laughs> i love it all right um i think i think we're ready to go ahead and dive on into these awards yeah um we just are to doing... clarify yeah we it's all right i i feel like we didn't say it right out the gate this is the Batman. <laughs> the Batman. In case you did not read the episode title when you clicked it, <laughs> this is the Batman Effies. Such a great movie. Uh, we weren't sure if we were going to do it, but we liked it so much we made it happen. So I'm ready. Uh, let's just go over some some opening thoughts. What we kind of thought about it in general, what our expectations are, you know, and where they met. Nick, start us off. Uh, what did you think? Um, I thought it was... A good movie. Um, that is to say that I thought it was the worst Batman we've gotten this century, but that means it's still a really, really good movie. 
Um, like our bar for Batman is very high. Um, I, if I was to rank them, I would put it, like I said, just below everything we've gotten um, from Nolan. I love the Snyder stuff um, just above the 90s stuff. So it's like I thought it was a very good movie, but I thought it was probably middle of the road for Batman. All right. Kyle, what were your thoughts and rankings? Yeah, we were talking about like whether we we're going to fit in an Effie's for this on our schedule. And I before seeing the movie and I've made it very vocal and public about like I just don't. I'm just so burnt out on Batman things the last few years. Um, so I was like, you know what? If we get to it, fine. If we don't, I think it's fine. But I saw the movie and I was like, oh, we're probably going to have to talk about it. <laughs> um, I was really, yeah, I was really happy with it. I I went into the movie. I don't think I was like expecting a bad movie or I wasn't like setting it up for failure or anything. But again, like I said, I was really burnt out on Batman stories. And I kind of thought we were just going to retread a lot of the same stuff and maybe it does in a couple aspects and we'll certainly talk about that. But I, I was really impressed with a lot of the choices they made and it's annoying because now I hate this, but now I'm excited for a Batman sequel, <laughs> uh, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited to talk about it, which I wasn't expecting. I was expecting to see the movie and just be like, all right, cool. I can forget about it now. And we're, we're giving out awards to it because it's, you know, it's worthy of some of these Effies. Yes, I, I pretty much generally feel the same. I I just really enjoyed watching the movie. I was pretty much zoned in the whole time. I really liked the the take on this Batman. It's different enough to where it is not just we you know it was enough to not get us exhausted with the character. We were like, okay, this is we've seen this before. It was different. Like really, some of the things they did with the character, I was very impressed with, and I love this the score. I'm just gonna say mm. right now, like probably my favorite score of a batman movie just yeah it just it's, it's so it's simple stuff. too so it's simple. just those like i actually sorry i don't want to tangent but i did read just really recently um before they had even decided they were going to use the nirvana song in the movie which also is fucking great uh giacchino the composer was writing the batman theme and he looked at that song and he was like i'm just going to slow those notes down big time and add some big orchestral flair to it. And that's kind of how, how you get the basis for that theme that plays when Batman shows up. I thought that was really cool. It but, feels yeah. like they wrote the score and picked it out and then they designed Batman. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, all it feels like they, it all boils down from like, we want this aesthetic. So it's like, we want grunge Nirvana and then we want grunge Batman. Like we yeah. want eyeliner. We want like, and it's just like, it felt like they worked backwards in that way it's like uh they they didn't cast pattinson to be a certain thing they adapt he adapted to the movie which i will give him credit for that a lot of the batman in the past have just been themselves playing batman but he became a different thing Mm -hmm. would you say he was he wasn't born to it he merely adapted to the role (laughs) yikes (laughs) (laughs) no okay um but in general i just really loved it i find it probably Right there, I have not watched, I will say, I have not watched the 90s uh, movies in a while. I almost started Batman the other night. I think I'm just going to do a Batman marathon like this weekend. Watch them all. It's been a minute. I like all. I like them all, but I feel like it probably sits right after either Dark Knight is my number one, and then it's either Batman Begins right there for number two, or the Batman. I, I, I just really, really liked it. Um, So... I'm excited to talk about it. Y'all ready to do this? Let's do it. Do it. And now the nominees for the Gothamite Award. 
Yes, the Gothamite Award. That is a, a version of Wallflower for for this episode. Basically, the character we wish we saw more of. We liked what they did in the movie, but we wish they would have expounded on that role. Damon, kick us off. Who's your nominee for the Gothamite? I'm so happy you went with me first because I'm so intrigued by this character. Because, at least to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, but Bella Real is a original character made for this for this movie and series. She was, yeah. And she was fun. She was, you know, different. She's running for mayor, you know, and of course she wins. And she's, you know, I don't know. She gave me like Harvey Dent vibes, not going to lie. And I almost would not be upset if she became Two-Face next in the next movie. But who knows what they're going to do with her. I'm very excited to see. It's just like every time she was on screen, they gave her something to do, building up her name and her reputation. I felt like her scenes with Batman were really fun and gave us a lot of lines that the critics of Batman have been harping on for the last five, ten years. You know, like, you could be doing more for the city. You're, you're, you know, your parents are philanthropists. You're not doing a damn thing. Well, of course, that was when she was talking to Bruce Wayne, um, which was also great. But just, I just really liked her. Uh, the actress is Jamie Lawson. And I just think we could have gotten more, but I think we're going to get a lot lot more in like you know the sequels so i was very excited to see her so that's my uh, nom nick what's yours um i went with uh i don't know if he's the uh biggest villain or tied for the biggest villain but i went with carmine falcone um i thought he was played perfectly by john Turturro um in the way that i feared for everyone is safety when he came onto screen it was this guy's a mob boss. He could have you killed, and it wouldn't even be a big deal to the cops that are standing right over there. He had this aura of just, I'm, I'm here. I'm the biggest baddest. You can't do anything about it. Um, I know, spoiler alert for this movie, uh, we're not going to be able to get him in any more sequels or anything like that. But uh, I know they keep talking about different movie series, different things. It's I want to see his rise to power. I want to see how he became the rat. Who was he under? What what happened? Because it's just he was played crazy good. Um, and then the way he just manipulated young Bruce into believing that it was his side of the story, it just... I, he was miles ahead of the last Carmine Falcone we had, and he's just he was a perfect mob boss. Hell yeah. Kyle, what you got? What's your nom? Uh, so I'm going to go with um, Andy Serkis as Alfred Pennyworth. I remember when they were when they were starting to release like casting news about this movie, the two that I was most excited about, well, initially, it's funny, I was most excited about Colin Farrell and Andy Serkis, but when they said who they were playing, I was like, Shouldn't they switch that? Like, I felt before seeing the movie, I was like, Andy Serkis would be an amazing Penguin. Boy, was I wrong, because holy, we're going to get to Colin Farrell as Penguin. Don't don't you worry. <laughs> um, but I, I love Andy Serkis. I think he's, you know, he's obviously, for any nerd, he is like kind of like the, the patron saint with the Lord of the Rings movies and the Planet of the Apes movies. But even on the human side, like I love him in his limited role in Black Panther. Um, and I... I thought he was really good as Alfred. I was a little disappointed to like, we really don't get much with him. And I think that what could have been maybe the most emotional scene in the movie for me, maybe fell a tiny bit flat because we hadn't spent as much, spent as much time with him and Bruce, you know, the scene when he 
is hospitalized after the explosion at Wayne Manor. That could have been this incredibly emotional scene. And it, and it in their defense, it was pretty moving. And it's kind of like the only time we ever see Bruce real really connect with someone. But um, I don't know. I just, I love Andy Serkis. And I think that obviously he's Alfred. So we're going to get more of him in the sequels. Um, but he and in the comics and in the other movies, I think Alfred and Bruce's relationship is so crucial to these movies because especially in like the dark Knight trilogy, I mean, Michael Caine is like oftentimes the emotional core of those movies, especially in dark Knight rises. I mean, he's, Oh, he's so good in that movie. Um, but yeah, I think that that's a really important relationship that Bruce has. Oftentimes that is the guy who calls him on his shit and like gets him to not kind of pulls him from going off the deep end. Um, and I wish we had seen a little bit more of that because I thought Andy Serkis was really, really good. Um, also, random fun fact, the first on-screen Alfred with facial hair since the Adam West series, <laughs> which I had no clue of. And someone posted that and I was like, okay, I, I don't know why someone would know that, but cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've got to nominate Serkis. Mm, those are three really good ones. Um, of course, you know how I feel about Bella. Carmine Falcone was... John Turturro killed that role. He was charming, very, very charming, but also just very ruthless, like just right underneath that, like the whole time. You could tell like he he was just, he could really do anything he wanted to. And just to sh see that he was fit that of a threat at the end, I really liked that. Alfred, I did want to see more Alfred, especially as Andy Serkis's performance, I thought was really good. He was He was kind and very caring for Bruce. Um, but he didn't, he really didn't let Bruce walk over him, even though, you know, Bruce did the super emo role, you know, like, you're not my father. <laughs> Just, uh, can't believe they actually put that in the movie. That was great. I wanted to see more Alfred too. I really did because the relationship I thought was one of the more important parts of the movie and it would have hit even more. I, I was not okay when, when I, I thought Alfred died. Me I, too. I honestly thought they kill him. I was no, I was like, Andy Serkis is doing great. They can't take him away now. Yeah. And then we get the whole, you know, uh, conversation in the bed. You know, it's like, you lied to me, Alfred. For It's like, damn, just like, he's he wakes up and that's the Let first Let the man thing. wake up for a second. <laughs> but I think I have to go go with Alfred. I, I really do. But that's a tough one. I like all three. So, so Nick, who are you going to vote for? Um, I, Alfred was definitely my second choice. Um. So he, I think the thing about keeping him on the sidelines is because uh, Bruce, Bruce is I'm not sure what the right words are, but he's like a recluse. He's a shell. He's not Bruce Wayne as we know him at this point because he's so invested in the bat, um, which is something that uh, directors can't help themselves but do is make Bruce Wayne obsessed with being the Batman and nothing else. Um, so I feel like that makes sense that Alfred isn't there because Bruce isn't letting him be there. He's like, get away from me. You're not my father. You're not this. Um, and then Bella Royale, I assume we're going to get more of her in the next one. Um, I, yeah, I would have to go, I would go Alfred as well, actually, um, of the, of that. So. All right. Okay. Well, uh, now it doesn't matter, but I'm, I'm going to vote for, uh, Falcone because I think that. I think that that was one casting choice where I was really intrigued by, but I was like, they've never really done much with Falcone before. I, I thought he was very forgettable in um, Batman Begins. And, you know, I, yeah, John Turturro, like, I love him in general. I think he's great in No Brother Where Art Thou? And I don't know, he's just a fun actor. And so going into the movie, I was like, I don't know how they're going to 
use this character. And I, I, I almost think they could have this movie. I mean, it's three hours long and it could have been like three different great Batman stories. Cause you, you get like the stuff with him and Selena, but you also get like the stuff with Bruce's parents that are tied to him. And then you also get the Riddler. Like there's also, there's just so much going on. So yeah, I almost like, wish we could have maybe just had a story with Falcone. I know that's not really exciting. Like, I don't know how many people would be pleased if we just got a Batman story with Falcone as the main villain, but his performance was miles better than Paul Dano's. And I thought he was, he was the, like Nick said, like I was legitimately afraid for people when he was on screen. Um, he had that like dead eyes thing going on behind those glasses. It was just, that oh, was great. Um, so I, I would vote for him um, despite there already being two for Alfred, but these were all great choices, and Damon, I like what you're saying about Bella because, yeah, the only reason I'm not voting for her is because I think there is a bright future for her, like whether they do a spinoff series or whatever, especially with the DA dying. Like we could maybe see a Harvey Dent or we could just see her kind of take that role. Um, but I agree. I would never seen the actress in anything before this, and I thought she was fantastic. Um, two, yeah. Two things. Um, I keep going back to like, what if Bella and Bruce Wayne have a relationship in the sequel? You know, it's possible. Like, yeah. Just who, know, who you know, they could go so many different routes with with her character. I'm I'm just excited. And also, Carmine, I th I think we could see maybe you know his rise with like some flashbacks in the Penguin series that we're going to get. Oh yeah. At least I'm hoping. So, cross my fingers for that one. Yeah, the right? thing um, Kyle said about um, having Carmine as the main villain, it wouldn't appease like certain people but i feel like it's just such a good story of like what batman can't do is like he can't fix corruption like that's always like he can punch the joker in the face a thousand times he can uh get back at bane like it's simple easy stuff it's like that's like the real world thing that's like hey we can't deal with corruption in our world neither can batman batman's not a but like it's uh there's a there's a good story there it's just Maybe a little, I won't say boring, but a little more adult and mature and like you have to think about it more. And that's yeah. not always what Batman fans want to see on a screen. Right. Very. It's not as flashy, but I, I, would, I would watch that. I would watch an HBO miniseries with that. That would be incredible. Who knows what we're getting in the future? Like I've heard so many rumors. Give us all of it. We'll, we'll watch Spin it. Spin in everything. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Alfred with the W. Let's move on. And the F he goes to. Andy Serkis as Alfred Pennyworth. Here are your nominees for the Bat Swerve Award. Best Bat Swerve. Yes. By definition, we're just going with, we're going to nominate things that oppose what you generally think of when you see Batman. Just the cliche Batman tropes flipped on its head. This movie did, a, did quite a few. So, Nick, start us off. What you got? I'm really glad I'm going first because I think this will be picked, but I don't know. Um, this is actually the one that I was thinking of when I made this suggestion. Uh, Bruce Wayne kind of sucks at being Batman in this movie. Um, <laughs> he jumps off a building and hits his head. He stalls <laughs> his car. He gets beat up by like six guys in masks, has to use the what I'm assuming is Venom serum. Um, and I liked it, uh, which is weird because I love somebody that's good at their job in a movie. I I like James Bond because he just kicks ass. I like guys that uh, that are just good at what they do when they do it. And he was just bad. Um, and, and I really liked it. It was like, this is, you can't 
you're telling me that he's just going to show up and be really great at it a year into doing this or two years. I can't remember if it was one or two. It doesn't matter. I mean, of course he's not. He's going to get beat up by people. You can't fight 20 people and you're, that's not something you can just do. And it's like, I, I liked that a lot. I liked that it was like he was scared to jump off the building. He didn't know what he was doing. He chased down the wrong lead like twice. And it's like <laughs> he, was, he was wrong again and again. And it's and you, you just have to assume that he would be because he's a human. And uh, I just like the humanizing of Batman a little bit more than what we've gotten in the past where Christian Bale just showed back up and was like kicking ass and right. Batfleck had been doing it for 40 years. So that doesn't make sense. And they didn't dive into Keaton's backstory or no one cl- cared about Clooney's backstory and all that stuff. <laughs> um, so like, so this one, it was nice to see like, this is kind of training wheels, Batman. And um, I was really pumped about that. Yes. I like that training wheels, Batman, Kyle, who's your nom? What's your nom? Okay, so tell me if this doesn't count, and then we can go to Damon while I desperately think of something else. Because this is really all I thought of. Um, I, there were some swerves in this, and I like the subversions of stuff. This is really simple, and <laughs> it's really dumb in hindsight. But I have missed like big movies having theme songs, and I love the score of this movie. But this, like Nirvana, something in the way when it started in that, because it's kind of used in like two different points in the movie. When it started, I looked at my dad and I like did the biggest eye roll. I was like, this is the dumbest fucking. And then like two, two notes later, I was like, holy shit, I'm in. (laughs) Uh, We all know my feelings on Nick is going to hate me on the movie Batman forever. And of course that has this iconic theme song with kiss from a rose. And so obviously different tone here, but I love the idea of something in the way kind of serving as this movie's like theme song, unofficial theme song. You know, it's not going to be on like the the soundtrack when they sell it or whatever. But um, yeah, I don't know if that counts. I don't know if that counts as a swerve, but I think that's a throwback to kind of older movies back in the 90s and 80s of a song having this identify or a movie having this identifiable theme song. I'll I'm, I'm down with it. What say what say you, Nick? Yeah, that's uh, I mean, that's that's something that we haven't gotten since the 90s. Uh, that's a long time ago. So, yeah, I think that's yeah, fine. It is. I won't make a joke about Kyle not being born then. Um, <laughs> <That's fair>. um, <laughs> so this is the only one I wrote down because, like, it's my favorite swerve. Bruce Wayne is a fucking virgin. <laughs> <laughs> I considered that, too. <laughs> like, not only that, of course, like in general, but like the fact that he's not the playboy that we have always had. He's not the guy who's going out and partying and, you know, just that has that that reputation. He is someone who doesn't go out. We see him. He goes out in public. Twice in this movie, like, you know, for the, uh, you know, for the funeral and then for uh, to go talk to Penguin. I mean, yeah, to go talk to uh, Carmen. But he's just so awkward. He is kind of creepy. He doesn't he, he pretty much is an arrested development. He does probably doesn't just know how to do much of anything other than be the Batman right now. Um, And so it's just something we haven't really seen. Bruce Wayne's always like kept together and it kind of does pair with Nick's. It's the very beginning. He doesn't know how to be Bruce Wayne. And I think hopefully maybe we will see that in the, in the next movie, but I just really like that, you know, just seeing how he just is trying to figure it all out and he's not very good at a lot of this right now. So I like that. That's my nom. He he's like so awkward with Selena and it works really well. Like when she's like, what does she say? She tries to take the mask off. What are you like hideously scarred under there? And he's just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that like, gave dude. me like 
experienced girl, older girlfriend, and like college aged me, like, uh, yeah, no, um, I don't. I, I'm just gonna say whatever you want me to say right now. I don't <laughs> care. I don't know how to. I, 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 yes, yes, whatever it is. Yes, I'm good. That, let's yeah. do it. And it's like all of a sudden you're like rock climbing somewhere, and you're like, how did I get here? And it's like she lured you in there. Same thing right there. Is he doesn't know how to be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's so weird because he is like that, but his chemistry and with Selena the whole time is just amazing. And it, I think it, it honestly, really I think it's a testament. I love Robert Pattinson, but I think it's a testament to how goddamn charismatic Zoe Kravitz is. Like she yeah. could have chemistry with a wall. I mean, that's she's what I was going to so say. Good. I think he just stands there and she is her. And then yeah, the chemistry. <laughs> huh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. We, we have some good ones here. Nick, who, what, what are you voting for? Um, gosh, I hate to vote for myself, but I'm going to vote for myself. Um, it just that I think that might be my favorite part of this. Mo- my favorite of this movie is the fact that he's not good at it and it works so well, um, especially with this story, uh, just because he's manipulated by basically everyone. Everybody. Uh, like it's uh, Catwoman, Penguin, Riddler, everyone, uh, Carmine, everyone's manipulating Bruce and he's doing exactly what everyone else wants him to do, except what Bruce wants to do. Um, it's just cause he doesn't know how and he thinks he's, I don't know. It's a, it, it's very like he's a teenager trying to, trying to impress people. Um, so yeah. Um, I actually, I got annoyed, um, about three quarters of the way through when we heard the under the bridge again, uh, or like the Nirvana song. I'm not sure what, what it is, but we heard it again in like the middle. I'm like, okay, come on, let's stop (laughs) staring into the void. We've, we've been at this for two hours and 45 minutes. Just stop. Like, I know we want to make fun of, uh, slow-mo and stuff for movies, but like, you're really drawing this out by standing there and staring off into the distance. Let's get this thing moving. Um, so that was my only problem with that. Uh, that's fair. (laughs) it's a very long movie (laughs) kyle what's got your vote yeah i'm gonna vote for for nick's pick as well i think that it's it is it's really fun to see what we've gotten batman origin stuff before like batman begins but i think even in that it was like a pretty quick turnaround like he he kind of gets his shit rocked by Raz al Ghul once or twice, you know, before he's Raz like before we know he's Raz, but like, you know, while he's training and then he comes back and he's immediately just great at being Batman. <laughs> um, and that's honestly, as someone who like used to just, Batman used to be like my literal religion in the comics. Like I just didn't care about anything else. And now looking back at it, it's one of the things I like least about Batman in the comics is that he's just so damn good at literally, it's not even just at being Batman. Like he's a great detective and he's this genius you know, inventor and stuff. And I understand the appeal of that. And I love that for a time, but I, it kind of makes it a little alienating and it's hard to relate to the character. Um, and yeah, he's just kind of a fuck up in this movie. <laughs> like I, I, that's honestly why I loved his and Gordon's relationship. Cause like Nick said, he gets manipulated by basically everyone else. And Gordon is really the only person he trusts. I didn't get to say it at the top, but holy shit, his dynamic with Gordon was done so well in this movie. Like you can genuinely tell they like are friends in this, or at least they trust each other. And the punch is so good, you know, when he just like decks him in the face and runs off. Uh, yeah, he yeah he's he's just like he's two years in and has no clue what he's doing. Um, some of it was stuff I I thought was a little it didn't add up. Like he's two years in but he has a suit that could just take on full shotgun blasts. Like I, I thought that was, I mean, I'll chalk that more up to rich people bullshit. Like he just has money that he can do that. But um, 
Yeah, I, I'm voting for that 100% because it made for a very compelling character. Um, I think if Bat if this Batman didn't have the bulletproof suit, he would have died. Like, yeah, <laughs> dude got he, lit up. <laughs> he would have died. So I think they had to. Um, or else, yeah, this Batman would not have been long for the world. I, I, I think I'm gonna. It's gonna be a clean sweep. Um, it really does make the movie more believable. You know, as believable as a movie about a guy dressing up as a bat can be. And it really does humanize him. He's not that great at everything. He's still learning. And it also, like, I keep going back to this idea. He's he's not the best fighter right now. Yeah. And whereas we saw in Batman Begins, like, he learns from the League of Assassins and Raws. And he's just, he knows so much. And he's very talented. I think he just learned fighting from, from our guy Alfred, if I'm not mistaken. Like, that's yeah. what I'm going with. Which, I mean, Alfred knows his stuff. And so he trained him up very well, but he still just knows that, which is like really close hand to hand combat and stuff like that. And I like that. It, it maybe it gives us something to see the beginning. It's a, it's not even an origin story, but we still very much see him at the early stages. And hopefully in the later movies, we really see him grow into the Batman we know. Like maybe we see a training montage in the sequel by somebody who, who knows, like. And, and we see stuff like that. I, I really would love to see the progression of Batman becoming the Dark Knight and the, the Batman we know. So I really like this one. So that gets the W. And the F he goes too. Bruce is kind of a bad Batman. Here are your nominees for the Detective Award. That's right. The Detective Award it is this episode's version of the Easter Egg. Uh, as much as this movie kind of sets itself apart from being a connected universe kind of movie, end of the day, it's still a comic book movie. So we've got to get some <laughs> references and Easter eggs in there. So, Nick, what is your nominee for the Easter Egg Award? Uh, my nominee for the Easter Egg Award is something I could have said for the Swerve Award as well. Um, it's the use of what I assume to be Venom at the end um when he's getting as we said his ass beat by like six dudes um he puts some sort of green uh liquid into his body and then he hits like a level we haven't seen before um for those who don't know um that green substance is probably what bane uses to keep himself strong and massive and large um called venom um in the comics, it has a lot of different origins, but I don't think it's ever been uh, originated by Bruce Wayne. So I don't know if they're saying that he developed this. I don't know if there's some other billionaire at play that he's taking uh, taking stuff from. I, I just don't know. Um, but it was really cool. And they didn't. I love that they didn't like point put an arrow on the screen and point at it like they do <laughs> in some movies with Easter eggs. Like, it's like, hey, look at this. This is Bane. Think about Bane. It's like, no, it was just this thing. And like people who know, if you know, you know, kind of stuff. Like, oh yeah, it's probably Bane stuff. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Kyle. Uh, all right, I'm torn between two. I'm gonna go with one that is. It's probably a little less, a little more inconsequential because this is a young Bruce Wayne, so I can't see us getting a Robin for a while. But we got a Bloodhaven shout out. I love that. Uh, kind of towards the end of the movie when Bruce and Selina are parting ways and she's talking about going to Bloodhaven and seeing if there's crime there and asking her to come with him, come with her. Um, as we know, or as people who know the comics know, um, Dick Grayson, who was the original Robin, uh, eventually becomes Nightwing, and that is basically his Gotham. That's his city. He goes off on his own and uh, patrols the streets of, of Bloodhaven. 
like I said, this is not something that I think is like a shout out to what could happen in the future unless we're getting, you know, Pattinson sequels for 40 years or something. Uh, we're, we're not going to get a grown up Dick Grayson as Nightwing unless they do a, a weird age uh, gap or, or difference or whatever. But it's nice to know that there is other like DC cities out there in this in this universe. So I'm going to nominate that one. All right. <clears throat> so Nick put, took my uh, or mine, the one I wanted to do. That's a great one. So we're going to go with Martha Wayne being in Arkham. Mm. So, you know, I, I'm not a comic book person. I am going to eventually jump into it, and then that will all be, my, be like just be my life. So I'm just, like, waiting cautiously. But as far as I'm aware, I did not know this was ever a thing. This is, like, a, a first kind of live-action thing that they've done before. But Martha Wayne being in Arkham, I mean, Arkham Asylum is a huge part of the Batman mythos and Gotham. It ties Martha Wayne to one of the other big families of Gotham. And I just love all that, like the ties to the asylum. Who knows if it's going to play an even bigger part in the sequels? I really, really hope we get Court of Owls, and it maybe that it ties into that somehow. I, I just, I just really like that how you know they tie Bruce into the Arkham family, and also it's very uh, interesting that now it kind of makes sense. He sent all of the uh, the crazies, all the uh, the chaotic uh, villains to Arkham instead of you know killing them or sending them somewhere else he just he had to make the money off of, <laughs> off of them somehow um so that's my nom but uh what are we gonna vote for these are some good ones uh nick what you got what you thinking um so i know you said that i took yours but um it's good i did because you came up with a better option um <laughs> that was that was a great pool um i you know, when I when it happened in theater, I think I had like the oh shit moment, and I looked over at my girlfriend who was next to me. I was like, the, "This is not what's supposed to be." So, um, so I thought that was very cool. Um, I think there is going to be something there that um, these two controlling families of everything, and um, based on the way that this movie went, there's going to be some. There has to be some sort of um, allegory, metaphor, or blatant right in your face of um, like the prison system and how bad it is, and like how even they're they're the rich people are good people they contribute to it and it's like you can be a good person but you're still a billionaire like it's still not great so like i think there's there's got to be something there and i just think that's a great tie to uh to that being like something they're going to talk about um kyle that was also a good pick um bat uh battinson's older than i think we are thinking he is in this uh or do you have an answer i I don't know i I, I got us i mean well, there's been be post-college age if you went to college. Like if you're right. following a traditional Batman timeline, I, I feel like he's got to be 26, 27. So he's not I don't think right. he's like 18 fresh out of high school, like being Batman. Right. Right. Um, so I've I, I could believe 25, like just yeah. two three years out of college. So like, sure. I mean, in I don't know, in a year he has um, a Dick Grayson. I don't know. Or Selena Kyle seems older. Um, so I could see her, um, finding a protege and them doing something a little bit different. Cause, um, it makes sense for her to pick like some orphan out some poor orphan. Cause she also poor orphan kind of thing. Like this just kind of goes together, but, uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with Damon's uh, choice. All right, Kyle, what's your vote? 
this is tough. These are all three really good uh, picks. I the only one I considered other these all three were kind of my my short list. I also considered just because I've been playing the Arkham games um, detective mode, <laughs> like when he has the <laughs> eye and he's that was a cool gadget, and I was like, oh, that's detective mode. That's totally the thing from the games. Um, but yeah, I oh, this is tough. I think I'm going to go for Venom. I think that that opens the door. Like, we could see a Bane, or if they don't want to, we could at least see... So, in the comics, I think you're right, Nick. I think there's never been, an or, like, an origin for Venom in which Bruce Wayne was involved with it, but I know there was an early, early comic miniseries where he actually gets addicted to it. Like, he's been... He uses it like he does in this movie to be better, to, you know, like, get up quicker during a fight. Um, it becomes pretty reliant on it and it takes like, I think the justice league has to get involved or whatever. Um, the seventies were a weird time. Um, but he, uh, yeah, so I, I'm intrigued by that. I think even if we don't do that, even if this is it, I think that was a cool shout to, it's a perfect thing for like fans of the, the lore. Right. Cause like I saw this with my dad who was like, Holy shit. Did he just pump himself with adrenaline? <laughs> I was like, it's a little more than that. I mean, yes, that's the general idea of it. But yes, yeah, it's called Venom. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's fun. I, I'm also trying to not make a joke about Tom Hardy with like Bane and Venom. And some, there's something there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote for Venom. I don't know what to go with. The original or the one I came up with in response. They're both fun. I definitely, I think we are going to revisit them both. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bloodhaven is going to be revisited maybe in a Selena Kyle TV show that they're floating. I, I would die if they did that. That'd be great. I'm going to go with with the Venom just because it's it's alluding to a possible villain that I, I love. And I would love to see another iteration of it. See how they bring Bane to life in this this story and in this Gotham. That would be really cool if like maybe Bruce gets addicted on it or something or who knows? There's a lot of things you could do with that one. So I like that. I, I'm going to go with the Venom. There's a there's a better Bane story than we've gotten in the last two. Uh, because yeah. Batman uh, and Robin, uh, there was terrible Bane. Um, and then there was, I consider him a good Bane, but it wasn't Bane. Um, he was yeah. just, a, he was a muscle thug. Um, there's a very intellectual, like Bane's become the brunt of the joke because of the Hardy thing, like in the Harley Quinn show. But like, there's a good story about a very intelligent, um, I believe it was like Central or South American man who the Wayne's kind of fucked over and uh, now he's coming back for blood. Um, there's a good, there's a better story than we've gotten so far. That could really work in this universe they've set up where maybe the Waynes, even though they redeem themselves in this one, they, you know, it was not what the Riddler was trying to make them out to be, maybe they still aren't as good as we think. And so maybe they did screw over Bane and maybe that, you know, it comes to play. I'm down. His intellect is the thing I'm I'm most, if they do it again, they need to make him smart because he is, he's basically a genius in the comics. Um, And I'm just saying, I said this when we heard that Gunn was directing the Suicide Squad. It didn't happen. Wanted to see Batista as Bane in that. If not that, give it, Give it to us here. Give us Batista as Bane in the second Batman, and I'll be a happy fan. I'm down for that. All right, let's move on. And the Effie goes to... Batman injects himself with what looks like to be Venom in the climatic fight. Here are your nominees for the Hockey Pads Award. The Hockey Pads Award, yes. Best fight. 
And I've got to say, I think this is like the Batman movie with the least amount of fights. Easily, it was not about the action, but the action we did get was pretty dang good. So, Kyle, start us off. What's your nom? Oh, so glad I get to go first. It is so heavily featured in the trailers for good reason. Uh, I got to go with the Penguin car chase. I mean, bitch. (laughs) I'm sorry. Like, it's the easy number one. Um, Yeah, it's just done so well. Like, there's been so many jokes that have come out of it. Like, the way he kicks the Batmobile into action. Like, I've seen all these TikToks about, like, you know, Gotham Citizen drops a piece of litter on the floor. And then you hear the the Batmobile start up. it's just badass. Like I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about basically a souped up challenger being the Batmobile, but it looks so great in action. And when he flips penguin and you get the shot from the trailer of him walking to, I was like, you know, like penguin's going to fucking die. Like he's dead. <laughs> he's like, he's so terrified in that moment. And I get it. Like it was, it was terrifying. Um, and we've gotten some great car chases in Batman movies. I mean, the Tumblr chase in Dark Knight is on another fucking level. Even the one in Batman Begins is great. Um, when he, like, shuts the lights off and stuff. Or maybe in the Dark Knight, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, this one is just really fun. And you it kind of le- leads to what Nick mentioned earlier about him being inexperienced. Like you said, like, he stalls out. <laughs> He's visibly frustrated during the, the chase. But it comes together really beautifully. And the score is just, it hits during that scene. It's so good. Hell yeah. I am going to go with the Iceberg Lounge Brawl. When the Batman comes in knocking, he literally knocks. <laughs> <laughs> like, a very interesting choice. This this is a Batman that is not hiding in the shadows. This is a guy who's just going to come and knock on your goddamn door. Be like, hey, let me in. <laughs> he just starts beating the shit out of everybody. And it's, for one... The music that's playing is just thumping and the lights flashing. And I just thought it was such a cool choreographed scene. And it's just so well done. Like it was nothing special or like, oh, my God. But it was just a really cool vibe. It was really cool to see what he was able to do in those close quarters. And yeah, I just I really enjoyed that one. So that's my nom. Nick, what's yours? I'm down to two. Um, One's not really a physical fight one is more of a mental fight um and the other one i'm gonna go with the mental fight because we have two, three very different things so i'm gonna do that uh shout out to the second iceberg fight uh yes. not my pick but selena kyle and uh bruce were fighting carmine and his thugs um i thought it was great i thought bruce did a great job of like making sure selena didn't do something she would regret um and like i thought that was great but my choice is going to be um at the end when well, what we thought was the end. Um, when Bruce, uh, when Batman is interrogating um, the Riddler, Paul Dano, in Arkham, Batman is confronted with the fact that he inspired the Riddler. And we have all been shown that throughout the movie because when, op- when the opening thing, when they were on the mayor, when they were there, I didn't know if that was Batman spying on him or the Riddler. Mm. Um, I don't know if anyone else felt that way, but it, it could have been either and it would have made sense. Yeah. And then we see Bat, uh, we see Batman do the exact same thing to Selina Kyle that the Riddler did to the mayor. Spy, creepy. He needed to wrestle with the fact that he created this villain. Like he he is he's a bad guy. Like Batman is a bad guy. Like we can say that he's trying to do the best, but he's breaking all the same rules that this ma- this serial killer did. And it's he's doing the same thing. So he needs to wrestle with the fact that 
hey, I'm not doing I'm I'm not a good dude. Like what is going on here? And it's I'm not doing this for the betterment of Gotham. I'm doing this because I'm a pissed off teen or well, mid 20s um, and my parents got killed. Like I'm not I'm not doing this for altruistic reasons. And then he wrestles with that until the end, until when um, we got the scene where he's helping people onto the helicopter and he's like, I need to, he has this kind of arrow moment. I need to be better, blah, 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 you know, like that monologue. And it was kind of corny, but it, it hit where it needed to hit, where it was like, he, he was not a good guy and he's not doing like, he's not doing this for good reasons. Like he might care about Gotham, but he's doing this because he's angry and he wants to punch people in the face. It's not because he wants to be a good person. Um, and I think uh, Paul Dano showed him that. And I think that was man versus self kind of thing. Like, it's like uh, he, he got hit in the face with it. And I think we all kind of got hit in the face with it. Like, man, our favorite character is not the good guy here. Like, <laughs> you know, so there's that. Dig that. Those are three really good ones. I think three right, correct ones. Mm-hmm. Very different. Like Nick said, what are we going with, Kyle? What's got your vote? Oof. Um. Yeah, I, I hate to vote for myself, but it's like the car chase. As soon as, even when I was not into the trailers for this movie, because I was, I feel like I was seeing them like every other day. Every time the like the snippet of the car chase would happen, I was like, oh, fuck yeah! Like I want, I want to watch him, you know, crash into the penguin. Um, yeah, and it's like it's all in like Colin Farrell's performance when he's like, I got you, and then he just sees him come out of the fire is so good, and it's just it's done so well. It's exciting. It is badass and cool and like it doesn't go on too long to where it feels like it's kind of overdone um yeah so i'm gonna vote for the car chase i i think there's two recent trailers that just really pissed me off that they showed these scenes in the trailer one was the was this like imagine seeing this in the movie for the first time like yeah it would have just been so much more epic and then, of course, in Ragnarok, when they showed the meetup with Thor and, and Hulk, oh. that would have been so fun to see that for the first time in theaters. Oh, God, no kidding. Right. So but even then, that scene is so intense. It's so frantic the way they're shooting back and forth between the between him and, and Oz. And like you're not really seeing shots of the car even. It's just like them inside driving and you're seeing what they're seeing. You can't see shit. Like, how are they driving right now? Like, you can't see anything through those windows. It's pouring down rain. I love that it was raining all the time. Very yeah. interesting take on Gotham. I like that. Um, they nailed it. it. Was, Gotham was an absolute shithole, like it's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, like, they're, they're, that little town square that they they kept showing, like, around the turns, like, yes, like, it's not much of a town square. Um <laughs> Yeah, the car chase was just so intense, so frantic, and such a great... It was almost a... It was one of the climaxes of the movie. There was, like, three. So, this was a great one. I had to vote for this one. Nick? Yeah, I was gonna pick that one if you didn't hear me curse in the background. Um, That's (laughs) the answer. Um, It was great. Um, Yeah, it was uh, was an amazing scene. It was definitely the best scene of the movie, I think, that as far as set pieces go. Um, And then the cinematography of the upside down shot. it 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 paid homage to um, the Dark Knight when the when uh, during the truck chase. But it wasn't like it, it felt right. It felt like, oh, this is like kind of that. But it's like it's it's not that. So it's like it's not ripping it off. Like it's like I know there's a fine line between, between that. But yeah, that was it was a great scene. All right. 
Penguin car chase gets the W. And the Effie goes to the Penguin car chase. And now the nominees for the Killing Joke Award. All right, the Killing Joke Award. We are, of course, talking about the class bully, basically the best antagonist in this movie. We had a couple. We had a couple people who were, I mean, there's a lot of corrupt people in Gotham, but our, our kind of our core antagonists in this movie. Damon, who's your nominee for the class bully? So I, I know some people were like really impressed with like almost like everyone else above this person. I found myself really, really enjoying this Riddler. I thought it was exactly what we needed for this first, the introduction to this Batman. Um, it really played up the detective part. Um, maybe not the most difficult of riddles ever, you know, uh, <laughs> the difficulty up guy. And I, I thought Paul Dano did a good job at what he was supposed to do, which is essentially be this guy who's just really angry and fed up with everything going against him. He's just forgotten about, as we find out with the, in, in the interrogation scene. You know, he's an orphan himself. I really thought there for a second we were going to get a I am your brother kind of something. You know? <laughs> I, I really didn't know what they were going with for, for a moment. But he was just, it, he did what Paul Dano does. He, he's very quiet in moments, and then he just becomes hysterical, almost to the point of overacting. I like it, though. I, and I, I, I think it worked really well when he realized he wasn't going to get what he wanted. He was just being a big piss baby about it. It's like, oh, this can't happen. Um, it's just like, wow, he's, he's really, he's really doing this. And yeah, I just, I really liked the, the kind of the Zodiac inspiration behind it. And he was still kind of, kind of clever and, and kind of funny in his own way, you know, while still being very sadistic. So I had to give him the nom. That, that's mine. Kyle. What's yours? Um, it's like, I don't know. I have a feeling this guy could e easily run away with valedictorian, so I don't want to... Fuck it, there's a chance he won't, so I'm just going to give give him the love now that he deserves. It's Colin Farrell. Like, come on. He's, he's so... He's not the main antagonist of this movie, and ultimately he really doesn't do a lot that's very villainous in this movie, but from the minute he showed, like I said, the two casting choices I was in on were him and Andy Serkis, but from the minute he shows up, he's just so good. Like the, even taking aside the, what everyone's been talking about, about how he looks nothing like Colin Farrell in this movie. And that's great, but he's just so like charismatic as the penguin. And like, I, I go back and forth on how I feel about Batman returns, but I do really like Danny DeVito's penguin. Like he is just, an absolute slime ball in that movie and just this pervert and it, it works really well. But I feel like this penguin is like, it's a great, maybe not origin story, but great like beginning for a penguin, you know, like I even liked the take in Gotham before that show went off the rails. Like that, that penguin was fun too. Um, but he's a great kind of getting started as like this right hand man to Falcone. But by the end of the movie, you can tell he's ready to like, be in power like i love the shot on him you know looking out the window and like he's ready to kind of take his place as the the crime lord and in, in gotham and he's just yeah he's so damn funny i, I love the spanish scene like that, that had me rolling um and he's just yeah he's 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 charismatic but you like you love to hate him but you also just want to hang out with him and it makes perfect sense that we're now getting a hbo you know max series about him um like I, i'm i'm into that so yeah he was he's my my pick all right nick who's yours 
Um, so we've talked about this guy um, a lot, but uh, there's only two more choices left. So um, it is the rat with wings himself. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Falcone again. Um, he should. I mean, I don't I don't want to I don't have to harp on it again. Uh, he was great. He um, he oozed everything he needed to ooze. Um, terror and charisma, and I know this person and I know that person and if I kill you right now it doesn't matter because this person will get me off and that person will get me off and it doesn't matter um I already talked about everything before so I'm not going to hit on that again but my pick is Falcon I dig it those were the three I had on my list that's a this is a tough one because I really think the movie works because of how well all three work They, they did their parts I think the best Batmans are the ones where we have multiple villains playing off of each other, playing, you know, minor roles while the other ones are are shining. And man, I think I'm going to go Oswald just because he was so damn fun. He was just a revelation. Like I was not expecting any of that to like him that much. He was hilarious. Um, it's like, had some of the funniest lines. He gave us the pink, the penguin walk, you know, when he was limping and <laughs> he was tied up. It's like, you going to leave me here. Uh, very interesting voice. I really liked it. And it's just, it works so well. And he really gave us a great basis to really see where he goes from here. This is just the beginning of his story. Like Kyle said, and he's just going to keep rising. He's probably going to be the next Kingpin of Gotham and we'll see what he can cook up then. And yeah, he's probably going to be, Probably a villain in every single movie, I feel like. Just he's going to be kind of there. Maybe he's going to play a more important role in the second one or the third one. Who knows how many we're getting. But he was just fantastic. Carmine was really great. I, I thought about him for a moment, but I just think Oswald's shown a little bit more. And the Riddler, while great, I, I, I just think we could have gotten a little bit more of the Riddler. He was honestly a little underplayed. I almost nominated him in Wallflower, even because of it like he wasn't on screen that much we got a lot of you know riddles and stuff like of what he was doing but not him himself so yeah oswald gets my vote kyle what's yours um yeah just to like so all three of these are really great i i definitely think like paul dano I think he's a really talented actor. I think that he has kind of found his niche at like playing these really awkward kind of uncomfortable characters. Um, I think that, so like the idea of the Riddler being a Zodiac killer type character, like that has been a thing that people have just said that they want for years now. I think it actually was an original idea that Nolan had with um, Dark Knight Rises before he changed the story for that. Like that was going to be kind of the story for that movie. Um and it's yeah, it's it's a I mean it's not a super like imaginative idea, but it makes sense. Like, you know, the Riddler in the modern world is basically the Zodiac Killer. So I like that they did that. It almost felt like he could have been any Batman villain and it would have been it would have probably worked. Like, you know, like if he was if they changed it a bit and he was Calendar Man or like even like Professor Pig, like I feel like he would have been fine. You know, like it was more Paul Dano just being great as Paul Dano. Um that being said, he was good. Like he's he's very he's a very good actor. He's great in that the scene that Nick mentioned in the interrogation scene. That was great stuff. Um, yeah. So it just felt a little like undercooked as as to like him being because he was marketed as like the main villain of the movie when we were going in. Um, so 
he was good, but I, and also Carmine, like we've talked about him. I think that if we're talking performances as villains, his is the best performance. Cause he, again, like is just so fucking terrifying in every scene. Um, and I like the idea. I don't love the change in Batman 89 of Joker being responsible for Bruce's parents' death. Carmine being responsible and like having that connection to Thomas and stuff. That shit was great. That was made complete sense to me. You even get your great kind of uh, Thomas Elliot shout out with that. I almost mentioned that for the Easter egg award with Hush. Like you get some great shouts, but like it makes total sense that Carmine is the one who was involved with his father and is the one manipulating Bruce even now. Like is the one who is kind of trying to get him. I almost thought they were going to go with the angle of him trying to get him to come to his side and being like, come work for me. Come be, you know, like a crime lord with me. Um, that would have been interesting, but he was also really good. And it is a bummer that we, we won't get more. Maybe we'll get flashbacks, but more of him as like a primary antagonist. Um, but I, I, I have to vote for, for Oz. Like he's just, just charismatic as a villain. And I know that we have said in the last couple of years with like Marvel and MCU, like it's better to have villains where we can understand their point of view and like those compelling kind of like anti-hero type villains. And I, I get that. That's there's a place for those 100% like a, a Killmonger is, is always really compelling. But on the other side of that, we also it's so fun to have the villain who just wants to fuck shit up. Like No Way Home just proved that with Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin. He just wants to beat the shit out of Tom Holland. That's all he wants to do. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of the same with with Cobblepot. Like he's just this enforcer who is kind of just a, a dick and like wants to be powerful and wants to have power. Um, so he, yeah, he's 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 got to be my vote because he's just deeply charismatic and is just so fun to watch on screen. So I think Oz is the winner here. Um, I didn't really like uh, the Riddler. Um, I don't know if it's because it made me feel uncomfy in the way that Joaquin Phoenix's Joker made me feel uncomfy. (laughs) Um, I don't, I don't know if that's what it was. I just, I know that this uh, Zodiac killer Riddler isn't a unique idea, I just don't think it's a good idea. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't. I can't put my finger on it, and I know that's terrible for a podcast. I, I just can't figure out why it doesn't work for me. Like I, um, I just. I think Kyle said it the best. Where it's like it could have been anyone. Like that. Like that's not the Riddler to me. Um, the Riddler to me is the Batman animated series Riddler, where he's springing traps and all this stuff. And it's like he was, but it's like I don't know. And um, yeah. The penguin was awesome. I thought all of his scenes made sense. Uh, he he hit that like Goodfellas type uh, type uh, mob boss like incumbent. He's like, I'm not a rat. I wouldn't rat on you. Like you know, this is uh, men in this. He's kind of gives me the Dark Knight. Men in this city used to have used to believe in something. Like you know, what I mean? <laughs> it gives me that vibe. Um, and you know, I thought. Um, that he wasn't going to be a good Riddler because I've liked all the Riddlers I've liked in the past have been uh, maybe political, like in the Telltale Games Batman. Um, Oswald Cobblebat came back and was the mayor, um, and like he won, he won that, and I thought that was good. But the way that he is just a mob boss, I thought he thought he played it very well. So I have to give it to him. All right, Oz with the W. I think. Sorry, real quick. Also, another note on the Riddler thing with Paul Dano, like. 
I think one of the things that I think would have worked better, and Nick kind of talked about this with him in the 90s animated series, he one of the best things about him is that he does like he just thinks that he's smarter than Batman and like he's just proven wrong every time. Like it, like he, I, I understood why they wanted to make him like this fan of Batman's and it made it kind of this great, like Nick was saying, this compelling thing about Batman inspires his villains. But I think what's fun about the Riddler is that he, he genuinely fucking hates Batman and like he thinks he's, he's smarter than him and he hates when Batman proves him wrong. So that, that would have made for kind of an interesting back and forth. And I feel like that's maybe what was missing with, with his take. Um, but it was, you know, it was still fun. And it, I'll, I'll listen to Paul Dano creepily sing Ave Maria any day. So also before we go, I will say not only is Paul Dano like writing a comic book prequel prequel yep. to the movie. Cause he's just, he's all in, he is the Riddler now. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's going to start showing up on commercial, you know, just TV doing some crazy. <laughs> but I think we we have not seen the last of them. Hmm. Like we have the Arkham scene. And I, I just think we are going to maybe get that Riddler going forward. Like he now does not like Batman. He's like super pissed. And he's now going to, you know, seek revenge whenever he gets out, whenever that may be with help from whoever, you know, not going to talk about that. But yeah. I, I did so um I'm not a I'll talk about it. Uh I'm not I'm not like super fond of the Joker being like this thing, but I kinda like the weird idea that the Joker like is uh is the mentor to the Riddler. So like he seems a little older and he's yeah. got like the laugh and the maybe a little less than Jim Carrey, but zaniness that the Riddler could then steal from and uh, uh yeah. and then he becomes more of the Riddler that we're used to. It's kinda like it's kind of like what people thought Jesse Eisenberg with Lex Luthor was. It's like he's not Lex. He's the prequel to what Lex is going to be. And that's the same thing mm-hmm. with the Riddler. Like maybe he's not the Riddler yet, but he could be something more for when Batman inevitably has to go to Arkham and fight like 17 people. And he gets like a little Easter egg 20-minute cameo of trapping Batman in a box or something. Yes. Oh, so I like good. that. Yeah. And I like you said that. This is essentially an origin story of Gotham, of mm-hmm. the Penguin of the Riddler, of Selena Kyle. Like, yep. she's not... They said that already that she wasn't really Catwoman in that movie. She's pretty much just wearing her biker suit the whole time. Um, So, yeah, it's just... We're really seeing the very beginning of these characters, so they're not even close to their, their full power next evolution yet. So, we we could see a much better Riddler down the uh, line. All right. Y'all ready? Let's move on. And the Effie goes to... Colin Farrell as Oswald Cobblepot. It's time for the nominees for the Vengeance Award. The Vengeance Award. Best quote. There are some good lines in this one. Some surprisingly funny lines in this one. You know, really dry humor. Batman was just great. So we'll, we'll see what we come up with as these. Nick, what's your nom? I'm really glad I got to go first. I don't know if this is going to be stolen, but this is the pick I'm the most excited about. Um, and I know you said funny, but this one isn't funny. This is actually kind of sad and uh, good all at the same time. Um, but it's Selena Kyle and Batman on the roof. Um, the sun is coming up. It's a nice, nice golden hour of sunrise. And uh, she says, as far as I'm concerned, that psycho is right for killing all of those creeps. 
Um, and they then go back and forth and argue about that uh, for a second. But it it shows that um, even she, who is like, well, what they go on to say is that um, is that uh, she wants him to help uh, help go kill Carmine and stuff. And it partly shows that she even believes that Batman has the same um, mission as the Riddler. And it also uh, shows us that as like a poor class, lower class citizen, you, you just don't care about the what's going on with the upper class. Like it's like I, I don't care that some DA is dead. I don't care that the uh, mayor is dead. I, he did nothing for me. Why? Why do I care? He's taking out the people that are hurting me. Like I care that the penguin killed my friend, possibly lover. I don't know. Um, they they killed her. Like, I don't care about these people who are making these laws who are just keeping me down and stuff. And it shows that Batman does care about them because he is one of them. And it, it, I think it's just a great scene. That's like, I was with her. Like, I mean, none of these guys were good dudes. Like, yeah, it's sad that someone's dead, but like, what, what did this mayor do for Gotham? The biggest thing he ever did was fake. What did this DA do for Gotham? The biggest thing he ever did was fake. What? Again, sad someone's dead, but why should I care? You've done nothing with your power to help anyone. You don't deserve my tears. I wish you would have gotten voted out, but if you have to die, like, what's the big deal? Like, you're not, you're, it's not changing anything. Um, and I just thought that was a really good way to be like, hey, we still like Batman. Batman's great and all, but like, also this movie's about something more than that. I honestly thought they could have even dived deeper into that and had even more like Gotham citizens like be pro Riddler, you know, and be like, you know, put put them out into the light. We want to know. Um, That's what I liked which, about the kind of the ending with the loyalist kind of thing. That was cool, even though, again, doesn't feel like the Riddler, but those guys working for him was it made complete sense. And the guy saying, like, I am vengeance and all that. It's a little corny, but it was it made a lot of sense because, yeah, you're right. People would be behind the Riddler in this scenario, you know. Kyle, what's your nom? What's your quote? All right. Uh, we kind of talked about this ending monologue, and it is, it's kind of on the nose and it's a bit corny, but I think I'm picking this more for what it represents. Um, so I'm going to try not to tangent too much uh, out of respect for our guests, but I, in previous takes on the character Batman, one thing that I've always been disappointed in is that there is a lot more focus on the vengeance, like the vengeance side of him, than on the eventual growth into the hope side of him. Um, and I think that this movie takes its time to genuinely bring him to that point of realizing he has to be like, like Nick said, like his arrow moment, he has to be something else. You know, he has to be the hope uh, in the city as well as being the vengeance. And so this monologue that he gives, I'm going to pick kind of a big part from it where he says, uh, our scars can destroy us even after the physical wounds have healed. But if we survive them, they can transform us. They can give us the power to endure and the strength to fight. It's a very kind of tacked on, not subtle line, um, but I think I'm picking it because of the context of like the moment. I, I believe this line hits right in that moment when he is helping that lady onto the stretcher and she kind of grabs his arm. 
which I think is the most powerful moment in the movie. I think that is the light bulb moment of, holy shit, he's finally like not focused on being emo Kurt Cobain 90s. You know, he's he wants to be something more and he wants to provide hope to these citizens. It's a great contrast to the beginning when he beats the shit out of those guys in the subway. And then the guy that he just saved is like, please don't hurt me. Like he's terrified of him. Um, so yeah, that the line's a little tacky and it's a little corny, but I think it represents a great arc that Bruce uh, goes on in this movie. So y'all went with two really serious and important, you know, lines that really tell us a lot about the people who say them. Do I want to go with one of those, or do I want to go with one of the really funny lines that we get in this movie that <laughs> just really like surprise you, like what that like comes out of nowhere? <laughs> I'm just going to give us one of those for some some night some lightheartedness. What the hell is this? Good cop, bad shit cop? You know, just like, <laughs> wow, really? Like, that was just perfect. Like, it made so much sense. It was hilarious. And it was essentially what it was. Like, Batman for the whole movie was essentially a detective for the Gotham PD. Like, he was just walking around during, a, you know, crime scenes, just trying to figure it all out and... I just love that line. It was really fun, delivered great by our guy Oz. So, you know, fun one. That's mine. What are we going to vote for? What What are you going to go with, uh, Nick? Um, that was one of the, like, this small tangent. They had some, like, some solid funny moments in this movie. It wasn't a laugh. Um, and I don't actually love a laugh of a movie all the time. So um, I like that it was a little more serious. But, like, um, what... <laughs> Maybe this is just funny to me, but all I could think about was Batman sitting in the courtroom in Batman uh, Forever when he was just standing in the nightclub and like the uh, the uh, bottle girl comes up and is like, the fuck is this guy doing here? And it's like just Batman just standing there looking around like it's like What's this guy doing like it's just like he's just showing up in public places as Batman. Like I'm surprised he showed up to the, to the funeral as Bruce Wayne. Like I'm surprised he didn't wear the ears like. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this movie had some funny moments. Um, as far as Kyle's quote, uh, I can't, I can't wait to see him try this and fail. Like, I can't wait to see him become Bruce Wayne and try and be better and try and fix Gotham and then realize that he's going to fail again. And, um, it's something about Batman failing and failing and failing and trying again that just really gets me going. I don't know why it's, it's something about like, it's kind of like the Captain America. I can do this all day, but like. Uh, he just keeps going at it. And it's like, that's what makes Batman better than some guy dressed up in a costume fighting crime. Like he keeps trying and he cares uh, about the city that he's doing it. And when he loses his way, as many movies have shown him do, he finds his way back, whether it be Superman, whether it be Alfred, whether it be somebody brings him back to the, where he needs to be. Um, damn. Um, oh, also one more quote that I had, uh, I, you uh, you deserved a real father, but all you got was me. Um, I thought that was a really good quote from Alfred. Um, I don't need to take any more time on my turn talking here. Uh, I'm going to vote for um, the Selena Kyle quote. As far as I'm concerned, uh, the psycho that psycho is right. All right, Kyle, what are you voting for? Yeah, it's that one. I mean, that that could basically be the tagline for this movie. <laughs> like, it, it really is. Like, you're you're with her, and I mean, I honestly. Battenson is great and and he's a very good protagonist for the movie but I feel like the one you are really just rooting for and agreeing with in every scene is Selena and you just understand her point of view um and this line yeah she says that and it, it's just like yeah it makes complete sense of course like 
you know, he's, his methods aren't the best. And like, it's, it's a little, you know, we're not supposed to root for the Riddler or whatever, but like, yeah, he is right. For, like, what, what have those guys contributed to the, to the city? Um, so these are all really great lines. And I think the, the penguin one, like the delivery is just pitch perfect, but uh, yeah, I'm going to vote for the Selena Kyle one as well. Um, that gets the W I'm going to vote for the, the finale monologue just because I really thought it really summed up the whole point of this movie to get us to this point, to this Batman, the Batman that we know a little bit more. And uh, I, I really liked it. I think it worked. It was very poignant. The ending whole, like the, you know, him saving everyone and, and helping them. It was a little corny, but at the same time, I felt, felt myself very moved. And it was like, I, you know, I definitely feel something with this. So they did something right. You know, just the, the, scene of him holding the person in his arms you know just taking him to the airlift was just really striking really well done but the selena one it it makes it's too real of a line it's very very relatable and yeah we were all selena in that moment really um and before we move on just wanted to say some of the other really funny lines uh our guy gordon you could have you could have pulled your punch i did <laughs> <laughs> Thumb drive. Thumb drive. So oh, I forgot. I wrote <laughs> so that down. I love it. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was so Kyle mentioned the one earlier. You just hideously scarred her there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like says these one two lines. He's just super serious about it. And it's just it, like my at least my theater. We pretty we laughed pretty hard on on most of those. There were some good ones. Um, Oz like every other line he had was gold. So. Even even you got a lot of cats it was so stupid, but I was like, I like this. This is good. A lot of cats. That one, it's, and then the it's not a line, but it's so funny when it's later on in the movie. So it's like when things are getting really serious. But when Batman goes back to the crime scene, and the guy's like, "Hey, you can't be in here," and he's just like, <laughs> he just like looks at him like, "Fuck you, dude. I'm gonna do what I want." That that pairs with when he's in like he's investigating in the Riddler's uh place when they first find it. And just one of the cops is like staring at him, and Bat like turns his turns and just like at her. <laughs> it's like this is awkward. It's like Gordon just taking his big bat son to work day, and it's like, hey, <laughs> don't look at me. I'm not gonna talk about him enough because he's not popped up in any of my like uh, choices. But everything with Jim Gordon in it is fantastic. Yes, like I, um, I just was, I was. I, that's the best Jim Gordon we've ever gotten. Like it's easily the best Jim Gordon we've ever. Gotten. I was just like everything, every time it was like, man, you're thinking what I'm thinking, or like you're you're just here, like you're like, ah, this guy's doing the right thing. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing, trusting him, but he's trying to. So like <laughs> you could tell that he was like, I don't know what the hell's going on, and he was just there for the ride, and I loved it. Yeah. Oh, some good ones. All right, y'all, let's move on. And the F he goes too. As far as I'm concerned, that psycho is right for killing all of those creeps. Selena Kyle. Here are your nominees for the Mic Drop Award. Yes, the Mic Drop Award. I believe we have not, uh, we've had, we haven't had this one in an FE since our Game of Thrones FEs, I believe. Um, yeah, it's been a while, but obviously we, we had to bring it back for a movie that just kind of just continues to top itself with like shocking moments. Um, so, Nick, what is your, your nominee for the Mic Drop Award? Hmm. Um, a couple that I'm coming down to. 
Um, I think something something that we haven't talked about. I want to talk about using this. Um, the so I like to fancy myself. I'm pretty good at predicting the movie. Like I've ruined movies on dates before by being like, "This is gonna happen," and she's like, "I never want to talk to you again." <laughs> um, so like that, like I've done that before, and I. I remember on the computer screen seeing like, oh, guns are good for this. What kind of this? And I'm like, oh, they're just weird terrorists giving each other advice on the internet. And I didn't even contemplate the idea that there was like a sub gang that he was putting together and they just showed up and started shooting people. Um, I thought they dialed that scene down a little more than they should have. Um, I feel like... Um, I feel like it's a good... Uh, it's not even a metaphor. It's just a blatant like... Hey, this happened to our U.S. Capitol one time. Um, what about this? Uh, so yeah. it was like a blatant, like this happened and this this is bad. Um, but they were like they toned that down a little. But I was I was like, what in the what how what? And I I it, it blew my mind that I missed this whole thing coming. I'm like, there had to be a bigger plan, and there was. Of course, he got caught, and there was a bigger plan. He didn't just get caught just to get caught. Um, so yeah, that was it. Blew my mind. That's a good one, Kyle. What's your name? Uh, I'm going to go with one that it's maybe not shocking and it's not, it's something that I think, I don't know about you guys, but when we first get introduced to the DA and his name is not Harvey Dent, I was like, okay, that guy's not making it. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's not going to be the sequel. Um, like it's a Batman movie. Of course we want to bring in Harvey Dent if we can. So I I don't think it was shocking that he did get killed, but the entire scene of the the, the funeral, the car going in and then him, I thought that was done so well. It was so damn intense the entire time. You get Batman trying to like keep his like dark brooding persona, but I think he's genuinely worried that he's not going to be able to help this guy. And of course, he ultimately, you know, he can't save him and gets knocked on his ass by the explosion. Like it's just this deeply compelling scene. And it like it's just done. We've been talking about like the Zodiac kind of, uh, callbacks or whatever zodiac is one of my favorite movies of all time and i think this was such a zodiac inspired scene or maybe even like seven like it's clear the fincher the david fincher um inspiration was heavy with this movie but um yeah it was genuinely really chilling in this moment where i was like holy shit i don't love every choice they're making with the riddler but he is definitely a threat because he definitely makes a statement with this scene and you know it's nice to see uh, what's his name? Peter. Yeah, Peter Skarsgård show up in a movie. Like I haven't seen him in a while, so it was nice to see him if in a kind of a minor role. Um, but I have to go with yeah, the Riddler killing the DA. Nice. Um, okay, so we've already talked about this scene, the interrogation scene in Arkham with the Riddler and Batman. Specifically, though, is when we think. He knows who Bruce that Batman is Bruce Wayne until he doesn't know that he's that Bruce Wayne is Batman. That was such a fun wait a second. Oh, okay, he doesn't kind of thing. While also just being so fun. It was like a mic drop with that wasn't a mic drop. It was just a really fun and being like, whoa, hold up. Oh wow. He doesn't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of, so I had to nominate that one. It's also, I'm glad we have better moments of people like almost knowing who Batman is after The Dark Knight Rises where, and I quote, John Blake knows he's Bruce Wayne by the look in his eyes. What? Uh, <laughs> so that was a better moment. It was You also like 
you're with Pattinson in that scene because you've been seeing his eyes. He's like, oh, fuck, he knows it's me. <laughs> I'm toast. <laughs> it was so well done. I really liked that, how they did that. Um, but yeah, those are those are three really good noms for the Mike Drop Award. What's taking the W, Nick? What's got your vote? Um, so I keep referring to this movie as similar to The Joker um, because I don't really love the suspenseful, like, killer movies that much. So there are two movies that feel similar that I've seen as opposed to, like, seven and movies I haven't seen. Um, so... My point is that the Joker felt like one big champagne bottle that just kept getting shit shook and shook and shook and shook until it popped. This movie had like 10 champagne bottles that they would <laughs> shake and shake and shake. And then that one would pop in. And it's like, hold on, we're not done here. We're not done shaking. Um, and the two moments that you picked are two of the best moments where I like my heart was in my throat and I was about to stand up in the theater and just say, please do something. I can't <laughs> handle this. Um, I'm going to go with the church one um, because I kind of completely forgot it happened until you mentioned it. And I went, oh, shit, I should have picked that one. Um, so that, <laughs> that makes me feel like, oh, yeah, that's that's the best moment. Um, because you actually like you're not supposed to, but you minorly cared about this D.A. Because like yeah. that the scene with Selena, he was not a good dude, but like you saw like some human in him. You're like, this guy's trying. And it's like he got caught up in some shit that he can't do anything about. And he's fucked now and he knows he's fucked and there's nothing he can do about it. And he's not a good dude, but it's still you feel bad for him a little bit. And it's yeah. like and then you see the struggle and it's like you just see how he's like, I, I fucked up and now I'm here and I can't unfuck up. So here we go. And then pop. So I'm going to go with that one. All right. Kyle, what's got your vote? Um, I'm torn between between that one, the church one and and the fake out Bruce Wayne you know, reveal or whatever. I, I have it on my, I'm keeping notes of all the nominees and I have it typed in just all caps of Bruce Wayne. <laughs> uh, my dad and I have been just saying that to each other nonstop since we saw the movie. Um, I'm going to, I think I'm going to vote for the, the, the DA scene though, because it's just, it's not, again, we kind of are a little like uh, loose with the definition of this award. I don't think it's a shocking scene or like surprising, but like Nick said, it is like humanizing in a way that like you're kind of playing both sides with this movie where you, you're with Selena, where like these corrupt guys deserve what's coming to them, but they are still human beings at the end of the day. And him being this guy who is legitimately remorseful, remorseful, but he also knows it's too late for him and he just can't do anything now is it's genuinely really sad. And so uh, yeah, it's just a really great moment of like Batman really is powerless to stop some of this stuff. And, and you get the great, like right after that is when he wakes up in the, um, in the police station and almost like picks a fight with all of Gotham's finest. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I would just, that, that moment is, is really, really compelling. So I'm going to vote for that. It's a clean sweep. Um, I'm so glad we got to talk about this scene because I wasn't sure we were going to. But it really does fit in there. It's not shocking, but it really, you just really, you realize, like, the Riddler is winning right now. Like, Batman really doesn't know what is happening, what's going on. And he's just kind of, just kind of swimming upstream and he's just not getting anywhere. And, like, this scene really sends that home. It's really well done. Because, first off, you, you get Bruce doing his super creepiness, just, like, staring at everybody. And, uh... We get the foreshadowing of all of the clones, all the Riddler clones. You know, we see the guy who ends up being at the end and they're all there. And 
and the car coming through was was really well done. It was just so intense, and I did not know what was going to happen. Batman probably should have had his face blown off in in that scene, but uh, you know, he ha- I guess he has a bull- you know explosion proof mask and chin and bulletproof. <laughs> Both. But it was just it was executed perfectly. It was like at the exact right time in the movie, and it just I think it just really picked up after that happened. Like we really got some amazing stuff from there to like to Falcone going down, and it's just fantastic. So that gets the sweep. And the Effie goes too. The funeral slash phone call bomb scene. Here are the list of nominees for the Valedictorian. The Valedictorian Award, the best performance in The Batman. There were some amazing ones. So let's just get to it. Nick, who's your not? So, um, The Valedictorian. So since it's an it's an, a performance and not the best thing about the movie. Um, if it was just the best thing, I would pick the city of Gotham. Um, this, it, it's not a character. Um, I'm not going to be like the douchey guy that's like, oh, New York is a character. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> that's I just want to shout it out. about heat. Because <laughs> uh, the, the city of Gotham is, is the best thing about this movie. Um, hands down. It's not close, I don't think. Um, but it's, uh, it's Selena Kyle. It's, uh, that's, it's the best. Um, I don't, really know that I don't have to go too far into it to just she, she she was the heart of the movie um I cared about her and her struggle more than I cared about anyone else you're supposed to care about Batman I just didn't um I actually had trouble seeing him as Bruce Wayne a little bit um so like I just didn't care about him I didn't care about the corrupt cops obviously I cared about Gordon a little bit but he was just a he was just a cop he wasn't like a person um and obviously not the villains like it's her it's she's the heart of this movie she's what makes it tick um you knew her uh friend was dead but it was still sad when she was um and yeah she was just she was the the best performance um i hope she's back um because if she's not i just don't know what's gonna what i'm gonna care about unless bruce is some magically better person um but yeah she was just the heart and soul of this movie her performance was great um uh, i'm sure i've said this before but fuck chris nolan and all of the casting uh for saying that she was to a bunch of different things we don't need to go into that to play catwoman uh, and they picked anne hathaway instead but you know i guess uh as best as you can be glad about something i'm glad she's in this movie um so there you go love it kyle there's your nom uh i'm gonna so i'm gonna spoil my pick i'm gonna say that's the clear choice but uh I, I'm gonna c- kind of like push back a little bit about Gordon, though. I I really cared about him in this movie. I thought as much, maybe like what you're saying, as much as you can about. At the end of the day, a cop. Um, but I I'm gonna vote Jeffrey Wright as Jim Gordon. I thought he was really good. I thought he has I think one of the most like, um, gripping line deliveries, and it's not even like a special line, but it's. I think it is. Um, yeah, it's when they're talking to the, I think it's the corrupt commissioner. And he keeps, no, 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 I'm sorry. It's when they're interrogating Oz when he's tied up and it's Bruce and Jim. Um, and he keeps kind of du- like looking away from the picture and Jim's just like, look at it. And he just like screams at him. And I was like, holy shit. Like this is a guy who actually wants change and he wants to affect change in his city. Um, and 
I'm a big fan of Gary Oldman's Jim Gordon in the Dark Knight trilogy. I think that he was he played the role really well as this guy who is a bit of a sin eater and like has to do really bad things, but is still trying to be a good person in in this terrible, corrupt city. Um, and I got really big vibes of that in this performance. And I, I, I'm excited because that like this is just the beginning. Like we're going to see a lot more of him and his relationship with Bruce and um, you know, all of that. But I, I, I thought he was really good in this movie. I think that like, it's often hard to, if you're playing the Gordon to Batman's or to, to Batman, you're playing like the Watson to the Sherlock, like you're playing the straight man almost. And it's kind of a boring role sometimes. And I think he, he was able to do it with a lot of heart and like passion to where we actually understood Gordon and like where he's coming from. So I'm going to, I'm going to nominate Jeffrey Wright. All right. So I tend to always nominate the title character. So I'm just not going to stop now. I'm, I'm going <laughs> batty. I'm going Robert Battinson as, as Batman, not really Bruce Wayne because he's not Bruce Wayne in this movie. He is very much the Batman because he does not know how to be Bruce Wayne. He doesn't know who Bruce Wayne even is in, at this point in time. And so I just think he really portrays the Batman really well. This this guy who's obsessed with trying to, you know, help protect the city. Though really, he's just trying to beat some people up at first and get his anger out because he doesn't know what else to do with life. And I think he plays that really well. I mean, he he shows the emotion like on his face while unable to really put it into words. Sometimes he's awkward. He does the the, the glances at people. He says a lot with his eyes. And of course, the moments he has, the chemistry he has with the characters that matter the most, it, it pops. Him and Selena work so well together. You know, she does most of the talking. He's just there awkward, like Nick gave us the wonderful allegory to, to him in his college days. <laughs> just whatever you say, Selena, Kyle. Just, just yes, yes, ma'am. Um, and then him and Gordon. Like, this was a great relationship the two had it's only year two but the fact that he trusts batman this much i really want to know the beginning of their relationship and how that started because like it something had to have happened where they gained each other's trust they trust each other so much and i love it it works they're you know they're just their duo works and i love it when they're working the crime together and they're interrogating our, our guy oz and i, I want i'm ready to see more of it i i think robert pattinson did everything he needed to including being a terrible bruce wayne i think that was by design because like we said he doesn't know how to be a person right now he doesn't know how to be out in public he doesn't care about it and and i think at the end of the movie realize he's going to have to start doing that maybe we're going to get bruce actually trying to be part of you know doing something with his money and, and and being a philanthropist who knows but i'm very excited to see pattinson as the bat for at least two more movies hopefully so yeah i had to give him the nod even if he's not gonna win um so selena kyle nick yeah, I'm going to vote for me. Uh, shout out to Andy Serkis, though. Um, I think that there's something to be said. I know their relationship isn't as close as it should be, but there's something to be said about uh, 
he's it's a parent a parent um trying to connect with a kid who just doesn't want to be connected to like of course that relationship's not going to be great um he doesn't want to be connected with so it's like it's like angsty teenage years times 10 um so i get why that relationship might be a little frosty because what what's he supposed to do he's trying right kyle yeah kyle? it's selena it's selena 100 um i do i appreciate the I think it's fine. I don't think we've ever gotten complaints, but I think it's fine that we keep like doing that for valedictorian, like the title character, because like that, if that doesn't work, the movie doesn't work. So, and I do think Robert Pattinson did do a really great job. Um, I think that what I was most impressed with was like, we've been talking about it kind of jokingly, but like the creepy part of it, like he is, he genuinely is like this outcast of the city, even though he's probably like the biggest name in the city. Um, And, like one of the moments I loved was at the funeral before shit hits the fan when they're just sitting there and he sees the the son of um, the mayor. And it's like you can tell he wants to like connect with the kid and like go over. And I will say this is really fucking stupid, but we always get this when these movies come out. I saw an article that was like, is that the next Robin? Is that Dick Grace? I was like, shut the fuck up. Just let it be this great emotional moment. Like, it's so stupid. But uh, I love that moment because he, you can tell he like doesn't know how to relate to this kid, but he knows like that's me. Like that's a guy who just lost his parents, you know, or his dad. So that was a great moment. So he is, he's very good. But Nick is correct in that Zoe Kravitz as Selena is the heart and soul of this movie. She's the one we care about from beginning to end. Um, yeah, it's a genuinely devastating moment when she finds out that her friend is dead. Like we all knew she was toast, but it, it is so sad when she finds out. Uh, and she's even the one that goes on the biggest arc of like wanting to kill her, her father and like having to be pulled back from that is really, really compelling. Um, I, I do think it's funny that if this was real life, she would have killed him. Like he was definitely protected by plot armor in that scene when she was like this close to him and missed two times. Um, <laughs> but you know, he ended up dying anyway, so who cares? Uh, but yeah, it's definitely Selena Kyle. It's Selena Kyle. Um, it, it has to be. She's so charismatic. She's caring while also, like, not caring. She's very apathetic towards the the criminals uh, in this movie. Very personal, very, you know, tied to them. They hurt her, I believe, lover. I'm going to say I think that was definitely her girlfriend. She called her baby. Um, you don't just throw that in the movie for no reason. And she was just... I, I read before the move before I saw the movie, people were saying she had a lot of exposition. She had a lot of stuff that, you know, she had to say for the movie. And I was like, everything she said made sense. Everything was it, nothing seemed forced. It seemed part of her character, who she was. She wanted to do more, but also like she didn't care about the rules. Like that's very much who Catwoman is. Selena Kyle doesn't give a shit about the rules she'll do whatever she needs to do whatever she thinks is right and i love the that scene where she almost killed carmine because it gave us the classic batman catwoman like you're better than this you can you can be better and i thought she was about to kill him i almost i almost wish she would have so we could have turmoil between batman and her more so than just the fact that he's in love with gotham so she leaves you know um but it works, and I cannot wait to see more of her. Please give us a Bloodhaven TV show. Give us her in the sequel. All of it. Zoe Kravitz, it's amazing. How dare they cancel High Fidelity? 
I'm still upset about that. She needs another TV show. She needs it all. She's fantastic. So Zoe gets the W. Selena Kyle. And the Effie goes to. Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle. Here are your nominees for Best Memory. All right, our penultimate award that is the best memory, best moment, best scene, just the thing in this movie that we cannot stop talking about. So, Damon, what is your nominee for the best memory? We've talked about them all. (laughs) (laughs) um, I am going to actually we haven't talked about this one, so I'm going to nominate this one. The beginning Mm. was so good. I think it's my favorite intro to a Batman movie. Like, we're getting the narration. I, for one, love narration in a movie. Fuck everyone who's like, oh, it's stupid. It's not necessary. I, if, if it's done well and fun, I will take narration any day of the week. I thought it worked in this scene. Seeing all the different criminals kind of doing their thing. And then the bat signal comes out. And they're just like, oh, crap. And you get the idea of, like, where's where's Batman going to show up? Where You know, and then we get... What I think was such a cool thing was like, of course, always Batman's a part of the shadows. You don't see him until you want to. But we hear those clanking boots just doof, doof. It's like, oh, wow. Like all those those guys who like look like Joker ripoffs, you know, were just like, <laughs> they were like, what is happening? And he just comes out of the shadow. And like, he, you know, that whole line, it's like, the light is a, is a, you know, the fear is a tool. When that light hits the sky, it's not just a call. It's a warning for them. And it, it really sets the mood and the tone of the Batman that we are going to see for most of the movie. A very angry, vengeful Batman who wanted everyone to be scared of him. And I just, that scene was so well done. It really introduced us to this Batman. And I loved it. I, I don't know. It was just really great. I dug it. So that's my nom. Kyle, what's yours? Uh, so I'm going to go, this is, it kind of serves as a great like bookend to that nominee. I'm going to go with um, Batman leading like the Gotham, the mayor and the Gothamites to safety uh, kind of at the end of the movie. Um, I think it, like we kind of have already said, it's a bit corny and it's a bit like maybe on the nose, but I think it's really necessary for it to happen. And I think like if, I, if I'm getting specific, I want to say like I start with the guy, him, the Riddler thug saying I'm vengeance. And like the way that Pattinson kind of recoils from that is like, oh, shit, I have inspired a monster, you know, like and that's what causes him to go and drop into the water and then like him leading everyone to safety um, and then going into like the Nirvana drop and like the narration again, again, like it works as a great bookend to that opening narration and that opening scene where it's just that scene is literally all about fear. And it's about him being this terrifying monster in the night who beats the shit out of people. Um, and then you have the end of it of him being these people are probably still terrified of him. You know, he's this bat creature who's like trying to help them with, with a flare nonetheless. Like he's got a, a torch, uh, but him helping people out and leaving and leading the way. And then I think it's the moment where he carries that lady onto the stretcher and she like grabs his hand is really, really powerful. Like that's a poignant moment of him realizing I have to be better. Like I have to start changing the way I do things if I want to help these people. Um, Cause he even says earlier in the movie of like, 
I think he actually says the line, like, maybe Gotham isn't worth saving or something like that. Like, he genuinely believes that at one point, and we're supposed to as well as the audience. And I, I love that he comes around and finally believes, like, maybe I, I can affect change and I can be better and, and help this city. Um, so, yeah, it's not the most subtle scene. It's not the most, like, it's, it's, it's on the nose, but I think that's on purpose to really drive home the point and the message of the movie. So i going to nominate that. Okay. Nick, what's your nom? <laughs> Um, I'm gonna come back to it. Uh, the whole city of Gotham aesthetic. Um, somehow it's simultaneously 1880 with the churches and also 2100 with the tech that Batman has. Um, it doesn't feel wrong. Like sometimes you try and put him in too much of a futuristic world, and it's he's just gonna get beat up by everyone who else who has the other tech. Um, you try and put him in too old of a world, then we can't relate to it. Um, they found a way to really blend the gothic thing that you go for with Batman with, uh, hey, he has like contact lenses that can our cameras. And that's probably not a legit thing right now, but whatever. Um, I think they do a great job of that. Um, you've said it before where it's like, oh, Gotham's also a shithole. And it's like we're supposed to believe that everyone is is uh, has a potential to be bought in Gotham. Um, and they did a really good job of that in Batman Begins, but I just really hope they commit and lean into it in the next movie where it's like it doesn't just get fixed in a day. And it's like it's it's ju it's just is it is it beyond saving? Should we just burn it to the ground? Should we just call it a day and let it destroy itself? Um, I just thought they did a really good job of like building that whole thing. Um, just basically the entire where they're setting the movie just makes sense for what Gotham is. If they missed on some of the characters, sure. But did they hit on what Gotham is supposed to be? They certainly did. You have that very much right. Definitely one of my favorite Gothams. Um, I like that you mentioned they they got it right as far as like the kind of time period. I just recently watched Batman, the animated series, for the first time last year, thanks to, uh, to our guy Kyle and Thad. And I loved it. And it was so good. And what you notice about their Gotham is it's like it's like the 40s or 50s. You know, it's like old school cars and time. And so like all the technology that Batman makes sense is like why he's so ahead of everything else and the cops. And you know, that doesn't really work nowadays when cops have like military grade weapons and, and all of that stuff. They, they do a good enough job of making it seem like he definitely has the leg up on people while not being just so far into the future that it doesn't make sense. So I like that. It's a super fun Gotham. <sighs> Kyle picks the bookend to to my beginning pick, and I love both of those. I don't know who to vote for, though, because they're so important. The beginning definitely sets the mood. The ending sets the tone for, for going forward. Gotham just is the tone. God, mm, I don't know. Anyone else have a vote? Does anyone know who they're voting for? Because I, I don't know. Kyle? Nick? Anyone? Bueller? Uh, yeah, I, I'll go ahead and kick it off. I'm going to vote for, for yours. Um, I think that it's a perfect way of setting the story up. I think that... Um, so, <laughs> this is terrible. This is why I wanted to see this again before we did this. I just didn't get the chance right. to. So, when I saw it, I went to... Um, in case anyone listening doesn't know, I, I was in the middle of a move when I saw this movie. Um, and we stopped in Tennessee to see some family... Uh, my dad and I went to go see this at like a independent theater. So tickets were like five bucks. It was amazing. It was, I don't remember the last time that's happened. Um, but 
that meant that like there weren't like 30 trailers before the movie, which that's usually the case with these chain theaters. And I, so I, knowing that this was going to be like a three hour long movie and that I have like the smallest bladder in the world after like the third trailer, I was like, all right, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick. I get up and as I'm leaving the theater, I hear like the beginning of the movie and I was like, God damn it. So I was like, I'm sprinting to the bathroom, sprinting back. I, so I caught a, I missed a good bit of the Riddler killing um, the mayor. And so that was a great scene. So really for me, the beginning of the movie was what you're talking about, which was perfect. Like it was this incredible way of starting the movie with Batman, you know, lacing up his doc Martins and <laughs> like getting out there and uh, the signal being thrown up. I thought it was a perfect way to begin the movie. So I'm going to vote for that. I do okay. love a bandwagon and I'm going to jump on that as well. Um, yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Yours is the right answer. Um, I didn't know it was the right answer until I heard you say it, um, but it's the right answer. Uh, I just thought it was the dark Knight tried to do something similar, but this was better. Um, the fact that it was like, I don't, which one, which one of these people is he going to come out and attack? Cause they're all doing some, something shady. Like, and it's like that you felt the same thing they felt was like, I don't know. Batman could be out tonight. I'm not, I'm not feeling this. Like, and you could feel how they felt like, ah, I'm good. I'm just going to go home. I'm going to take my ass home and knock it, beat, beat the fuck up. Like, that's what I'm going to do tonight. Um, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's what you would feel like. Like, even if it's like a one in a million chance he shows up, if he does, you're going to the hospital. Like, it's like, and it's like, cool, I'm, I'm done with this. Um, so I thought that was really good. Um, so, yeah. All right. I'll give my vote to the Gotham aesthetic. It deserves a vote. Gotham is just great in this movie. I found myself just constantly like, oh, wow, I like how they did that. The Iceberg Lounge was a great setting and location. I just like, like under the bridge and stuff like that, the rain, everything. But the beginning narration and fight, like the fight was tied to that was so well done. And we see what kind of Batman we're dealing with. We get the kid who's just scared the whole time and runs away. Uh, maybe we'll see him in the future. Who knows? I doubt it. Apparently he's maybe the he'll actor. Be Robin. He is the actor of Red Hood in uh, Titans. Oh. Yeah. I would have thought I would recognize him right away. Wow. Yeah, that's what I read earlier today. Are you talking about, the, talking about the kid he <laughs> saves from everyone or the one who's like not in it and like runs away during the fight? I might have I, I read it as the kid who was a part of the fight but ran away. But actually, now that you say that, I'm not sure. I might have read it wrong. It might have been the person he saved. I don't. Yeah, it was very dark, so it was hard to pick out faces during that. But that's interesting. Okay, because I like that kid. I don't love Titans, but I think he makes a really good Jason Todd. All right, that gets the W. Let's move on to the last award. And the F he goes to the introduction to Batman. Here are your nominees for the Great Expectations Award. Great expectations. One of my favorite awards because it's looking forward, as we always do with with big IP like this. We didn't know what to expect going coming into the Batman. A lot of people expected it to fail. It was just too good to fail. I think it's up to three hundred million dollars in the box office right now. It's the second biggest movie of the pandemic, right behind No Way Home. And yeah, I don't see it slowing down. It's definitely getting a sequel. It's getting three, maybe four. TV shows, is that going to be some of our uh, noms? Let's see. Kyle, what's yours? Uh, so I'm going to go with a relatively simple one. Um, they set it up. I don't know if it's one they really want to go for, but um, I 
would really love to see Hush. I want to see a Tommy Elliot in the next movie. Um, I think that they did an excellent job of um, not only just setting up and like referencing him, but kind of sneakily changing a bit of his origin. So for anyone who isn't familiar with the character Hush in the comics, um, Thomas Elliot was t- traditionally in the comics was a childhood friend of Bruce Wayne's um, whose father was killed um, and who basically held on to like a vendetta against the Waynes and Thomas Wayne in particular, because he, Thomas was a doctor and he wanted him to save him. Um, so he grows up and kind of becomes obsessed with Bruce Wayne as this, this rich billionaire who has all of it. Like he's, he, he is Edward Nashton. Basically. He, he just hates Bruce Wayne for, for being powerful. Um, and so he takes on this persona called hush who, uh, basically starts killing people in Gotham and framing other Batman villains and, um it's a great rich story there's a comic called hush it's like one of the best batman stories um but he is a really compelling villain and we get a little bit of a nod to him in this with the origin kind of changing with i think for the better because he's given more of a motivation to hate the waynes with his father basically being the guy who found out things about the waynes and and almost exposed thomas and martha wayne and was then silenced by falcone because of that um so I think that that naturally just sets up so perfectly for us to get a hush next movie, because one thing about the comic too, is that it juggles quite a bit of villains. Um, and I think it's interesting. Damon was saying like the best Batman stories are the ones where like a lot of villains are in play and kind of play minor roles. It's really funny because when you look at it, like Spider-Man movies typically suffer from that with, you know, like amazing Spider-Man two and Spider-Man three. That's a big complaint people would have with that. And it's, it's funny because Batman like excels with that. Like you have all these minor villains who will show up, but they don't really factor into the plot a lot. So I, with us getting like set up for a lot of them in this movie, I would love to see their take on hush in the next movie with hush being kind of the main villain, but us not knowing who the killer is for a while and thinking it could be the Riddler escape from prison or it could be penguin or it could be, any number of people. And one important thing to note too, is that hush is a very important comic for the relationship of Batman and Catwoman. Like it's, it's kind of in the modern sense, it's them coming together for the first time. So we've kind of laid the groundwork in this movie of the two of them meeting and and forming a relationship. And so I feel like with this next movie, they could bring her back from Bloodhaven and kind of help him with his investigation. And um, yeah, one of the best things about this movie was the way it delved into his parents and like the corruption behind his family. Um, and I think that they could just double down on that with this and, and hush pointing out the hypocrisy there with his, his father. And, um, yeah, I think it would just make for a really compelling story. So I'm going to go with that one. All right. I really need to read that comic. I've heard so many good things. So good. Nick, what's your question for the future? Um, so it's, it's really easy guys. Um, there was a guy who was in the MCU who's now in the DC world. Um, and he's going to play the Joker guys. It's the Joker. It's not the Joker. Okay. It's not the Joker. Um, that's not the answer here. Um, Ooh, you uh, had me nervous. You had me so nervous for a second. No, no, no. It's, it's not the Joker. Um, we can keep him on the shelf for a little bit. Um, it's really, uh, the question, it actually is a question. How, how is Bruce Wayne slash Batman going to be better? Because it's super easy to make a really good movie about how Batman is a dick. Like he's punching people. He's murdering people. He's anything you want him to be. You can make that movie. It's very easy to make that movie. Doesn't take much. I can make that movie. 
What I can't do, because I'm not as gifted as these people are, is make a movie about how Batman is trying to become a better person and how he's going to try and help people instead of hurting people and how Bruce Wayne's going to help because no one's really made a good movie like that. No one has figured it out. Um, I would say Snyder didn't get the chance. I would say that Nolan failed. I would say that uh, the 90s guys didn't need to because it wasn't they weren't trying to make a super serious story. Um you, you just you, it's you got to be able to figure out how to redeem him when you've seen him be so bad and you got to figure out how, a way to do it correctly. Um, and I'm just super excited to see that. I don't have the answer. Um, and if I did, I would be a lot richer. Um, but yeah, so it's just that how that's the question. How is he going to be better and how are you going to make a compelling story around the fact that Batman's trying to be a good guy now? Because it's super interesting to watch him be a bad guy. How do you how do I get to watch him be a good guy? I like that. That's a good one. My question is definitely tied to one of the series that we've just found out. It changed from the Gotham Central uh, PD to an Arkham series. So what will the Arkham series do for the Batman universe? Are we just going to like meet so many of the different rogues of the rogues gallery and like in different spots of their life? Like, see like they'll tell us like oh yeah this is how batman got me like we'll get some like fun stories like you know that really fun batman the animated series episode like i how they i almost got the batman uh almost got that, him yeah i almost episode. got him so great imagine if we got that in like an arkham series for an episode that'd be fun and we could have paul you know we could have the riddler show up maybe the joker well let's not talk about it but but we'll get characters like Maybe this is how they introduce the Harley Quinn of this universe, and she could be an integral part of the series. Who like, there's a lot that they can do. I don't really know what their purpose of it is, but I'm very interested to find out. Like, is it just to introduce certain characters, or is it something to do with the Martha Arkham storyline? Who knows? I don't. I have no clue, but I am so ready to find out. So that's my question. So. Hush storyline. What is Bruce going to do to be better? And what is the Arkham series going to do for this universe? Some great questions. What's the one that's getting this W? Kyle. Yeah, they are. They're really great questions. Um, I am. I'm really intrigued by that Arkham series. I think that there's potential to just go full horror with it. Like, Sounds like they fuck are. it, like give it to Flanagan and just let him make a like a horror series out of Arkham. Um, I know you'd love that, Damon. I'm I'm so in on that. Uh, but you're right, like you could. That's that's the way to. I almost want to say MCU take note. Like that's the way to backdoor in characters. Like have this TV show where you can have a rotating cast of rogues, and then they're just already. That's one thing I loved about this movie was that Penguin, even though it was kind of an origin for him, we didn't need to like know like how he became you know, Oswald Cobblepot or whatever. Like, this was just him being Penguin. And so, like, Arkham could be just, like, Two-Face being Two-Face and, and Poison. Like, it is year two of Batman, so I'm sure there'll be pretty early takes on characters. But, yeah, I'm intrigued by that. You could get a, a Harleen Quinzel, like, as a psychiatrist at Arkham, and then, you know, her turning would be really cool. Um, and also, to, to clear the air, like, because we keep doing it, like, I don't hate the Joker and I don't hate the character. I just think that the scene was so goddamn unnecessary. Like it was because the whole movie I was, 
thinking about it and even like saying to my dad during scenes, I was like, I love that this is like a movie that's like actually utilizing other Batman villains because he has one of the best rogues gallery and like all of comics. And so I love that they were getting away from Joker. And so that scene just felt like, all right, guys, come on, like you can do better than this. Um, so, yeah, like maybe he does show up in Arkham. I just I think it would be fine as long as it's a, a side thing, as long as he is not the main character. I'm OK with that. Um, I even saw someone suggest like in a sequel he plays like a Hannibal Lecter kind of role. Like Batman comes to Arkham and like he gives him like insight into Arkham's craziest. That would be really cool. I would be into that. Um, but I'm intrigued by that. I, like I said, I'm intrigued by Hush just cause that's one of my favorite Batman villains. But I think I'm going to vote for, for Nick's question because that is a great question to ask. Like one of the best things about anti-heroes is the, the after part. Like you can't just be an anti-hero forever you have to grow and you have to become a better person or a better character um you know we, we've seen it with great like shows like you know zuko and last airbender like he he changes and legitimately grows and becomes a better person but the part where he's becoming the better person is the most compelling part of that show you know like it's the the stumbling and like the getting people to trust him kind of thing um, so I, yeah, I'm all in on Batman doing that. I, I would love to see a sequel that actually addresses the problematic nature of a character like Batman. It's a very like bold thing to do because people don't want to think about that. Like they just like watching Batman movies because he's Batman and like, they don't want to think about the fact that he is at times a very problematic character. And so I would love to see them kind of face that head on. Um, it would be really compelling. So I'm going to vote for that. All right, Nick, let's get your vote. Um, I really like the hush thing. Um, I actually, in my, I said earlier that I like to predict things and I leaned over to my girlfriend. And I was like, I think that Paul Dano's character, the Riddler is the son of the, of the reporter who got murdered. I'm like, I was like, I'm marking it down. Call it like that's Kobe. Call my shot right here. And, um, I was wrong. Uh, but, um, but I was, I, it makes sense that that person would hate the Waynes and because he all that reporter was trying to do was do his job and tell the truth. And um, and they just didn't want that out there because, you know, um, so that that's a really good idea. Um, I almost like had like a testify moment when Kyle was talking about Harleen Quinzel as Harleen Quinzel. And you could have Jonathan Crane as Dr. Jonathan Crane. And you could have yes. you could have a lot of stuff where it's you don't you don't have to make them villains. But you don't. You also don't have to spend an hour of a movie like Suicide Squad um, trying to tell me that I should care about Harley and the Joker when you could just show that to me in a TV show. I know that maybe the the creators of that didn't get that option, but I don't care. Um, these creators might get that shot uh, to like tell me why I should care about Harley as a person. Why John, uh, Dr. Crane turned into this? W what's up with? Um, What's up with the weird girl who's been in here since she was like 12? Why is she in here? Why are there so many plants in her fling? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and you just get all these options and then, then you can go wherever you want to with it. Um, you can, you can let somebody out of jail. You can do, um, the, the Halloween one where he has to fight like a bunch of different people in Arkham. You could do an Arkham Asylum um, game themed movie um, where it's just like the Joker's got stuff. The Riddler's got stuff. Everyone's kind of chilling around. Um, I think my question is the best question as far as the movies go. Like we need to know that that the, the second the second movie is going to tell you if this is going to be a good franchise or not, um, because it, it's easy to knock one Batman movie out of the park. It's hard to do two. Um, so I think that's the best question. But I thought both of these are really good options. Yeah, that, that's getting the sweep because it's a question that needs to be, be
be answered, and I think they fully intend on it. Like I mentioned earlier with the uh, conversations between Bella Real and, and Bruce and, and her and Batman, it's just like they're they're fully acknowledging like that he's doing wrong in, in this. Like like he said, he says in the movie, like I don't think I'm doing enough. You know, like I don't think I've helped. I've maybe even you know been a part of it. And then he realizes that he is a part of. It. He inspired the the Riddler and these people. And now he's trying to do better. But like Nick said, what is better? What does that mean for him? How is he going to attack it? I really hope we get some really important Bruce Wayne progression in in, in scenes. So uh, he can... Because if you can't be Bruce Wayne, I don't know how good of a Batman slash Bruce Wayne you can be. Because if you can't do both, I don't know how well it's going to work for another for another movie. This movie, it worked because that was a part of the storyline. We he was not Bruce yet, but if it, by the second one he's still not or he's not doing a good job of it, I don't know. That's that's going to be very uh, disconcerting. But this this is the this is the question that needs to be asked and answered and I, I can't wait to find out. But the hush one is going to be really fun. I I mean, I felt like they used did they use kind of like a little bit of the storyline of that with this first movie kind of or did they sort just of. I think it was like that scene in particular. Um, there is an animated movie that came out about Hush just like a year or two ago. And Nick, you know, you're not as far as off as you think. I'll just say that um, with with the Riddler tie in there. Um, it was a weird choice. But so they, they've kind of toyed with the lore and mythology of Hush in recent years. So that's why I think that they kind of capitalized on it in that scene. Um but yeah, who knows where where it pops up in the next movie? And it'd be fun to do just have all of the villains, like the big villains, be like people who the Waynes have wronged, yeah. And everyone's just personally trying to come after them and indirectly Batman. You know, that'd right. be fun. So Bane, we need Bane. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the F he goes too. How is Bruce going to change his approach as Batman and be better in the future? But yeah, no, I, I, I'm just so excited for the future of this series in the universe, which I did not think was going to happen until after I watched the movie. I, I was like, I love Batman, but I mean, we talked about it on like the hype draft. Like it's it just wasn't as hyped as before because we we're like, we've seen Batman. We, you know, we kind of expected what we were going to get, but I, I didn't expect any of that. This was such a different take. It was fresh. I really liked it. Um. Any last closing thoughts that we didn't get to say, whether a scene or a character that we didn't really get to talk about, just anything you want to mention, Nick, what you got for us? Um, let's see. Is there anything on my list of many notes? Um, <laughs> no, I think we nailed everything. Um, Kyle texted me um, as soon as I, well, I texted him as soon as I came out of it and he asked for a, three word review and i gave him two of them um, <laughs> i want to read those real quick um so i gave him two new ideas good below average product um and i think that epitomizes my feelings on this movie the new ideas were great i'm really glad they gave them to us and if i have to sit through what i would consider a c plus b minus batman movie to give me an a plus filled out universe i'm cool with that that's fine did i love this movie no i wanted to rewatch it for the pod didn't feel like it. Um, the Riddler makes me really uncomfy, so I didn't want to watch it again. Um, and I'm like, I don't think this is rewatchable at all. 
but if it gives me a really good Batman universe, maybe a DC universe, doesn't really matter if it does or doesn't, but maybe, I'm cool with that. I think that that's worth having this movie to get to the the good stuff. I'm going to piggyback off of that because while I definitely am higher on it than you are, I definitely feel the same. It was a movie that maybe is not the best Batman movie, but it set up a world that I'm very excited about in that we could maybe get the best Batman movie coming for coming out of it. Maybe, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in the sequel or the sequels, but the world that they've given us, I'm excited about. I want to learn more. I want to see all the characters. Like I said, I mean, we're going to get it in the Arkham series. Maybe we're going to get a Selena Kyle series. We are getting a penguin series. So we're getting a lot of ground floor stuff and I'm very excited. And I just thought the movie was intense different i love the detective batman i don't think i really we said that enough i just love the fact that they showed how intelligent of a batman it was while also showing how stupid he was because he is still very young and naive and easily manipulates it manipulated and i really loved that part of it so this was a good fun batman movie but i am very excited for the future of it kyle what are your closing thoughts yeah, it's just to echo both of you. It's it's like one of those things where it's it lays the groundwork and we may not agree with every choice it makes, but it does lay the groundwork in a way that now we can be excited for future Batman projects, like for them to. You know, I remember going into this year and being like, oh, my God, I'm going to get three live action Batman or Batman's in the same year. Like, why is that necessary? I still feel that way about the Flash movie, but, you know, like, we'll see. Like, I'll, I'll say that now. I'm I'm a little more optimistic about that just because I felt so uninterested in this movie. And I left the theater, like, really happy about it. And so I want to give the Flash movie the benefit of the doubt and see what they do with Affleck and um, Keaton. But um, with this movie in particular and this franchise that they're trying to build, I'm excited. That I want to see more. Like we said, like more Alfred, more Catwoman, more Penguin. Like I'm so excited about all the side characters, which is always the best part about Batman stuff anyway. Like I love Batman, but, you know, side his side characters are always really fun. Um, so, you know, maybe we get like a, a Vicky Vale in the future. Maybe we get like a, like a Jack Wright. Like all these fun side characters would be so fun to see. Um, and I'm, I'm curious what they do with the, the series, like art, the Arkham series and stuff. I was a little bummed that they moved from a Gotham central series to that. Cause that's another comic run that is fucking magnificent. The, uh, the Gotham central comic by Ed Brubaker is fantastic, but I do like the idea of an Arkham series. So I'm, I'm curious about that. Um, but yeah, they could do whatever, like, even if they want to do like a dead shot or a death stroke, I'm in, I'm into that too. Like if they, I was excited for Joe, uh, can never say his last name, Joe Flash Thompson, uh, as, as Deathstroke, you know, like I wanted to see that. I thought he was, he would have been great, but, um, the future is actually really bright for Batman stuff, which I did not expect at all. So that's why I'm glad we, we got this movie. One more thing. This is definitely a Bruce Wayne Batman that would definitely adopt a Dick Grayson. Make it happen, please. Yep. It's, it's definitely the groundwork is laid. He's, he's going to do it. Yep. We need a good Dick Grayson adaptation. A good one, Kyle. Is that a shot at me? What? <laughs> what? Laundry, your laundry man. Your laundry hey, man. man. <laughs> I fucking love Batman Forever and I, I love karate laundry. <laughs> I, love karate. I just had to. I just had to tease you. 
Okay, y'all. This is the Batman Effies. All the awards have been given. I hope y'all enjoyed yourselves. We did. Nick, thank you so much for joining us. And I love talking Batman with you. I hope to have you on another episode sometime soon. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Um, thanks for everyone listening. I hope y'all keep listening. Let us know if y'all have any feedback. Hit us up with y'all's questions, ideas for drafts. Let, let us have it. You know, we're always listening. Kyle, what, what, what do we have for the people? Yes, thank you for listening. We will be back next time with our big Star Wars Hunger Games draft. Uh, I'm sorry, our Hunger Games episode. Um, you'll be hearing the draft first, uh, our first mini-sode to decide who our competitors are, and then we're getting into the, the Hunger Games and killing some Killing some characters that I don't want to kill. <laughs> Thanks, Richard. People are going uh, to be really mad about this, and I'm actually excited about that. It's going to be fun. But thank you for listening. Um, thank you to our both of our producers this time, to our producer, Anna H., who could not be here, but she was announcing our categories for tonight, so thank you. And to our good friend, Ryan G. The G is for good job, bud. Uh, thank you for filling in. We appreciate you. Uh, yeah, we'll catch you all next week. This is what we do.